Hey, wake your ass up. Let's go. It's race time. Hello, it's Kimmy. Uh, time to wake up. I watched the fun race. I would never wake up five o'clock. Honestly, I'm a bad on the mornings for F1. Welcome back to another episode of Rear of the Grid, back for the first time in the new year. But we're not quite done with season 2021 yet. This is our season review slash more so end of season awards episode. As always, I am your host, Matt. And for the first time since the well, for the first time ever in terms of recording this podcast, but also just for the first time in terms of me not actually being sitting on my left. Uh, Jashan is not here in the room with me. We no longer live together. We don't even reside in the same city. So joining me all the way from the sporting capital of Anchorage, Alaska, Melbourne, yes, me. um, Victoria, Jashan it is Jashan Borsvani. How are you doing, good man? Oh, I'm doing very well, thank you. Thanks for Why are you me. fucking speaking everything I'm saying? If you want to be a cunt, we can just not have you're an taking intro. too long. I am Jashan. I'm happy to be here. Can you get stuck in? Let's fucking get this sorted. Fucking hell. I, I don't bring enough energy. I get criticised. I try to give a really good, energised intro. Oh, you're taking too long, mate. You were taking too long. It was good energy, fucking mate. Fucking hell. I said nothing about your get energy. Get fucked. Your energy was great. Fuck off. I quit. I fucking long. quit. You've been, you've been threatening that for over a year, mate. Spencer, you can fucking here. introduce yourself, mate. Oh, I fucking with pleasure. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, to our uh, fellow 8 or 9 listeners, you already know who I am. Um, if you don't like it, uh, you can suck my cock. Um, and with that, um, we bring you the 2021 season review. Um, everything here that is said by either Jashan or Hume is questionable at best. Oh Matt has ADHD, Jashan's Eastern European, but we won't hold that against him, and falls a Ferrari. Thank you. We're actually in the mid-twenties for listeners these days. We've, we've stepped up. And here you were, Juliana, thinking I was the one who slandered Jashan the most, but how the turns have tabled. Mate, there's a difference between abusive how... banter. Right, yeah, it's great banter! Well, um, yeah, join us as we we give out some awards, have a bit of arguing, and apparently I take too long these, so fuck you all, it's rear of the grid, let's fucking do it. Yes! That's what we like, that's the energy I want right there, that was brilliant. <laughs> In a, oh, not really a season review, a season award show, I suppose it is, and a little bit of sprinkle of news on top of that. Plenty of awards to get to, so we'll get the ball rolling real quickly. Before we jump into the awards themselves, Jashan, yes. as the only man here who's probably actually looked at the news headlines for the last month and a half, do you want to give us a quick rundown of what's been going on in the uh, wonderful sport of Formula One. Yes, I'm going very well today. Thank you, Matthew. I hope Spencer's going well too. Let's get cracking, I suppose. Do I ever ask you how you're going in the not actual intro, you dumb fuck? Yeah, I mean, maybe. You never know. It'd be nice. No, I'm asking you how you're going in the intro. Checking with the troops, mate. Well, yeah. We've missed a few headlines over the past month or so, which we've taken off for various reasons. Won't get into details there, but we're back. Can you get amongst it? First of all, former rally driver Mohammed Ben Sulayem replaced Jean Tot 
as FIA president on December... Todd. John Todd. John Todd. Yes. Toddy. He replaced Toddy as FIA president on December 17th. Got a new man in charge. On January 5th, Aston Martin announced that Otmar Safnauer would indeed be leaving the team he had worked with for 12 years. He, he was replaced by the former head of BMW Motorsport, <laughs> Mike Crack. Now, uh, we're not too sure where Otmar will be ending up just yet, but the rumours are that he will be going to Alpine. Alpine themselves have let go of Executive Director Marcin Budkowski. Um, CEO Laurent Rossi will be stepping in to run the operation in a more hands-on fashion while they look on for a direct replacement, which, if rumours are to be believed, will be Otmar. They also chose not to renew Alain Prost's contract as a non-executive director, so he has left the organisation. Meanwhile, Red Bull have poached yet another Mercedes tech head. This time they've signed Mercedes engine head Ben Hodgkinson to be their new technical director uh, to be starting in, I think, May of this year. Not too sure, but anyway. And finally, Singapore got extended for seven years as a race on the calendar. So, boys, anything there scream out to you as important or noteworthy or talkworthy? Oh, well, straight off the bat, not related to anything you've just said, but I was just refreshing myself Classic on team. which actual battle, which battles I actually wrote down for my award. Okay. And um, right now, boys, available on YouTube, it's the uh, live stream of the 2022 Formula Regional Asian Championships certified by FIA Round 2 Race 3. Um, oh so I reckon we just switch plans and just do a live live reaction. A live to reaction to... Some random shithole race full of shithole Tell me drivers. you have ADHD without telling me you have ADHD. <laughs> Correct. Um, on an actual front, I don't know whether I give a huge fuck about any of the team principal news. Like, I, there was a time when I might have been sad about it now, but he fucking annoys me. <laughs> but I'm excited that Singapore's back for another seven years. Um, of all the races that you know are really there because they give F money, F1 lots of money. Singapore's a fucking good one. Something always happens in Singapore. They're quite often actually genuinely pretty good races. It's a cool-looking track because it's all under lights and everything. It's the original F1 night race. And it's one of the funnest, if not the funnest, street circuit to drive in F1. So I am happy that Singapore yeah, is Singapore, back. Singapore, was that the original night race for F1? That was the first night race in oh, F1. Shit. Then they brought in Abu Dhabi as a twilight race. Then Bahrain became a night race. Okay. And now Jeddah's a night race. And I think that's all the night races. Well, Qatar will probably be a night race as well. Interesting. It can basically, it came in before all the Middle Eastern ones that just need yeah, to be night races for not dying <laughs> of heat exhaustion. Reasons. Came for the Qatar World Cup, boys. Um, What about you, Spencer? Any, any standouts there that you want to talk about? Um, nah, not really. I mean, it's interesting that um, Red Bull's new technical director starts in May um, because that would mean that he's doing work for Mercedes up until that point. So that would be um, rather interesting. No, I'd be on gardening leave. Well, there you go. <laughs> he, yeah, so he'd be, it'd be, there's a period of gardening leave where they can't start at the new thing, but they're not working at the old thing. I think that's like, effectively like... I think it's assuming some kind of leave without pay so that, you know, they're not fucking out of pocket unemployed, but, you know, you can't just rock straight up to the new team with all the knowledge you had right up till two days ago. Two days ago so yep. Yep, yep, yep. I believe that would be what it would be without knowing yep, 
if that's definitely what's happening. That's what normally happens. I got it right, yes. May. Love it. Aha. Um, yeah, I, I will pay mention to, to Mike Crack. So Aston Martin has uh, appointed this man, he, former head of BMW Motorsport. He's been in charge of BMW's Formula E, GT, and IMSA divisions, as well as overseeing their expansion into the LMDH category. There are, there's, too, there's too many motorsports. Um, and he actually used to work with Seb Vettel as his engineer when Seb was test driving for Sauber. So, uh, yeah, bit of a relationship there. Could be good, could be bad. We'll see. It'll be cool to see, you know, just a new kind of face, a new personality on the grid. And this is, in theory, part of Aston Martin's five-year plan to win the championship. So who knows how that'll go. And one more thing I wanted to point out. So that, That's cute. Yeah, like, this is their second year of their five-year plan to win the championship. Who knows? Um, <laughs> it's like um, <laughs> Phil Gould's five-year plan for the Penrith Panthers. Based, it took eight years, but did actually work. Based on what I'll be uh, saying about them later in this show, I'm not sure they're on the right track. But regardless, the FAA are also conducting an analysis into the race at Abu Dhabi with a view to possibly improve and solidify some rules, specifically concerning the use of the safety car. Apparently, they're conversing with all 20 drivers, and the outcome of the analysis will be presented at the World Motorsport Council on in March. So, uh, any any thoughts on that, boys? Like, what kind of changes would you like to see implemented to, let's say, the safety car rules? Well, I mean, I think if fucking Abu Dhabi taught us anything, it's that for this for the sake of racing, like obviously safety needs to be at the forefront. But I think there, as you know what I mean? Like, there's so many things that F1 did in the past that made no sense. Like, when they had, you know, that near-miss near fucking accident in, what was it, Korea, I think, when it was just aquaplane and they had the, the yes. truck out and some car nearly aquaplaned into it. Like, obviously, don't be doing those things. But if it's, if it's smart to do it, like, let's just start getting a little bit more, like, once a car is, you know, say with the whole Hamilton Verstappen thing at the end, if the Delta says that those cars are three seconds faster than those cars in front, once they're 15 seconds ahead in the road, just allow racing to continue. Like, And there doesn't need to be like this bullshit of all, all lapped cars need to overtake. And just be more flexible and smart with how, how they are because the safety car can be so important for a race both for and against. Um, I think the biggest thing they need to do from the further point from a safety car is if there's a red flag... I don't think cars should be allowed to change their tyres. That's yes. one thing that I want to see because I think that's just... Uh, and obviously, it's like it, it seems like it's been very rare, but it seems like more recent than not with the emphasis on safety, as soon as the barrier is out of whack, it goes to a red flag. You shouldn't be able to change your tyres at all. Well, we've, we've had <clears> like, happen. what, three or four chances to talk about it in the two years we've been doing this yeah. show, which, like, isn't a lot. But it's weird that we've had three or four chances to talk about it in just two years of doing this show. That ju it just seems like there's been a lot of red flags and it's come up. And that, and I think, yeah, I, I agree with all Spencer said in that. I think just make it clearer. Make sure that the rules you don't want to be open to human interpretation. Make sure they're very clear-cut. And if that's who has to be able to get unlapped and all of that, make sure that is very black and white, either X or Y happens. And if you've got things that you want to be open to the race director's discretion, make sure it is stated, hey, this thing comes down to what the race director thinks, and then you can't have, no, Michael, no, this is so unfair, because <laughs> you can get well, Matt, at the end of the day, I'm the authority here. 
But my other thing, and I mentioned this on the last episode we did when we would have been reviewing Abu Dhabi. If F1 wants to go for the more theatre-style, you know, dramatic stuff, which they clearly do, you know, having the audience invested and things like that, as I said, the NASCAR solution, just implement a green-white checkered. We sit under safety car, and if we hit two laps to go while still under safety car, the lap count stops, it does not move till we're ready to restart, we restart with the green flag, the next time by is the white flag to indicate one to go. I don't think they actually do that in Formula 1. I'm not sure, but, you know, that. And then the third, next flag is the checkered flag. Okay. And you get, if they want to if they want to go that, we have three attempts at that maybe or whatever. If there is crazy cracks, crashes, there's much less likely to be an accident right off the restart in Formula 1. It doesn't, cautions don't breed cautions in quite the same way they do at, in NASCAR or, like, Bathurst or something. But, yeah, and that way, you know, you have none of this drama. You just would have let them run around behind the safety car until they got everything cleared away. You could get all the lap traffic around, and then they restart it. Two laps to go. We have a two-lap sprint. Yeah, that's all fair. I, I also think I think the safety car lap shouldn't count to the lap count. I think that's just, that's just ridiculous. That's another way. But, no. but that would be, be tough because you'd have... Every time there's a safety car, you wouldn't be able to make the time certainty of a race. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's think about Monaco. Monaco would never finish because there'd be five <laughs> safety cars at Monaco. Yeah. You'd have 15 laps that don't count to the race, and you'd have a 15-lap shorter race. That is, that's a fair so, point. But, yeah, like you mentioned, I think, yeah, more clear in, with their communication. It's like, a, it's like a healthy marriage, you know. These rules, are just, it's all about clear communication, I think. So, fair points all around, boys. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, we've got some awards to hand out, I do believe, young Matt. Indeed we do. Spectacular. It is awards time. We're not that young anymore, hey. What are you All right, where 40s? should I start us off and who shall I start us with? I'm going to start us off. So we've got three, six, nine. We've got 12 awards in Good total. Good to see you're nice and prepared for it. To hand out. Well, I have them all written. I just don't have a mental number of how many it is. If I was smart, I would have read my Excel spreadsheet and seen it started at 3 and ended at 14, and that's 12. <laughs> but I'm not that smart. Fair enough. Um, and I'm going to start us off with biggest surprise. Oh, wow. Of the season. <laughs> that is indeed a surprise. And I am going to, st- am going to start with you, Jashan, because oh. you're who I feel is probably the most prepared out of all three that's, of us. That so. is a, that's, I don't know about that. I might not be prepared. I reckon Spencer's the best at winging it, so would have been a safe option to go there. Well, but. I'm starting with, starting with you, Jashan. Oh. Who was your biggest surprise of the 2021 You FM absolute season? fucker. See, I have three written down, but I was going to, you know, see what you guys thought and then pick the one that you hadn't picked. That's exactly what I've done as oh, well. Oh, you bastard! Okay, well, I'm going to go... No, mate, this is good for you. You get to pick your number one option now. (laughs) My biggest surprise was actually Daniel Ricciardo's win in Monza. Uh, At that point of the season, I had completely given up on his talent and his ability to master the uh, McLaren car. But uh, then he just rocked up and won the fucking race in, you know, pretty comfortable fashion, quite frankly. And it was awesome to see. As, As someone who hasn't really seen Ricciardo race... At his prime, like you boys have, that was really cool. That gave me a little bit of Aussie pride, I won't lie. So that, for me, was my biggest surprise of the season. It's good to see the man get the dub. Fair enough. Uh, Spencer, who do you have, or what? who or what did you have as your biggest surprise of the um, 2021 season? Well, my biggest surprise was also Daniel Ricciardo. But my biggest surprise was 
how terrible he was hey, for the majority hey. of the season. Because taking away that win in Monza, which again, without two certain fuckheads getting tangled in with each other, would never have been a possibility. He, I, I don't think he's a number one driver. Like I don't think that he has he has that spark anymore. And I don't know, like the the entire year, like it seems like he he took the Renault job for the money. Like fair enough. But now looking back on it now with how his career is, he ran away from a fight at Red Bull Ooh. because he didn't want to go. To okay, last Max, year and he made up all. We've the had this conversation of, before, and you have in, insisted that he wasn't running away from a fight. That he was indeed just trying to make the best of it. Oh, yeah, but he's yeah, but I, and I can admit that I'm wrong. He's. He's run away from the fight because he's, like, all year he was bitching and moaning about the car. And while he's doing that, Lando Norris is putting in fucking work and still finished 45 points ahead of him when Lando literally gave away 25 points in Mm. Sochi. So that was my biggest surprise because you look at... I would have had him on my top five drivers at the start of this season. He's no longer there Is he still top ten? That's fair. Uh, borderline, borderline after the year yeah. he's had. But if like if I'm just thinking about it now, I would have Max, Lewis, Sergio, Carlos, Lando, Lan. Oh, sorry, Lando, Jeez. Leclerc, Signs, Pierre, Alonso. You've said Signs, Russell. Twice. This is and a fucking yep, shit that, show. That's man. ten. So you've got Ricardo about about eleventh, tenth, eleventh. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> No, he's behind the TV guys. And and next and this year, I think Sonoda's got a chance to ooh, overtake him. Ooh, early call for big predictions there. Mm. There you go. Well, I will jump in now with me. I will say I had Ricardo as my nominee. He was my third choice option, and it was in that same sense of how disappointing Ricardo's season was. In that, um, McLaren for me was one of the biggest surprises. However, I have gone with. The legend himself, the man who made an incredible return to the sport, uh, Fernando Alonso was the biggest surprise mm. to me. I think I talked a fair bit, and I think well, Spencer probably did as well. I did not have very high expectations when it was announced Fernando was coming no, back and in our season previews going in. I was very much just, well... Also, I'm just looking at his name now, and it suddenly looks so fucking weird. Um, I was like, look, I'm excited, you know... It'll be cool for the radio messages. I look forward to him just ripping into how shit Esteban Ocon is. Heaps throughout the season and just getting mad at everything. Um, But we didn't... We got a bit of that. We didn't get heaps of that. What I was not expecting is some genuine vintage Fernando Alonso driving. Um, And we'll see as this episode comes on. He's going to crop up in a few places that aren't just big a surprise. And let me tell you now, in in terms of my awards at least... They're all good places for someone to be cropping up, which I just would not have expected at all. But he was honestly, outside of, you know, like the incredible title fight and that, Alonso's been one of the things I enjoyed most this season. Just some brilliant drives to be up well in the points, some good recovery drives when things didn't quite go right in qualifying, some really good on-track racing. Um, Super, super impressed with Alonso. Just quickly... Um, we've obviously covered three different things. Do you, anyone you guys had written down that's not been mentioned that you well, think is in the in the Alonso a quick in, shout in out the Alonso here? vein? I had um, Alonso and Ocon's relationship as one of the surprises of the season as well. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. 
I had Esteban. I had Esteban Ocon in mostly in the sense of uh, his win. He did one. He did one down. or two good things all season. He wasn't uh, okay. Let's not get into that right now. Uh, what else? I also had yeah, Nikita Mazepin. You can't tell me his win wasn't a massive surprise. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. That was a big old moment right there. That's a big one. If you framed it as Esteban, o- Esteban Ocon's win was the biggest surprise of the season, I'd accept that. Yeah, that, that's, yeah what, okay, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah. That, that was my thing. Ocon, Ocon's win was another contender for me for biggest surprise. Yeah, fair enough. I also had Mazepin managing to outdo all expectations and finish 21st, so that was my other big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just going to say the fact he didn't spin nah. out of the race. What about you boys? Any other noteworthy <laughs> surprises? <laughs> Mine was just awkward. Um Carlos being yeah, right there with Charles. Yeah. Just not a surprise, though, was it? Just well, as someone who predicted him to completely crumble under the pressure, I should probably yeah, agree with you on that one, Spencer. Surprised. surprised. Look, I ha- I consider... I mean, not time. necessarily surprising from Carlos's standpoint, but just that Charles has been labelled as the fucking, you know, the, the future immortal <laughs> of Ferrari, and he just hasn't really been able to... And don't get me wrong, Carlos has had a few... You know, lucky-ish wins, um, but it seems like Charles is struggling. A I don't know bit. if that's Charles. You know I, mean? I don't. That's, the, that's just Carlos being fucking sick, man. I don't know if that's a negative on on on, <coughs> on Charles Leclerc. Like that's just science being really good. He's good. Oh He's no, definitely. Good. But it and it's it's kind of refreshing as well. Like it's like you know, in that sense that you know, after the Vettel situation, we thought that Charles was definitely number one, and now it looks like with Ferrari, that they're probably the one of the teams right up the top there that have two drivers that genuinely you think that if that car's good, like both of those guys could be right up the top, and you don't have that in any of the other top threes where there's a pretty, pretty defined you know number one driver that yeah. they're rolling with. No, I think. Um, and I guess Ferrari as as a whole was a pretty big surprise compared to how they finished yep, in twenty twenty. Yeah, let's not fucking yeah, let's not fucking go past that. All right. Well, moving us on now, uh, where do I want to take us? Let's go to a, one of the negative awards. Spencer, what was your worst race of the year? Worst race Ooh. of the year? Oh. Fuck, There's only one the option, year. bud. Well, oh, yeah, like I've... I've I, I felt I felt a little bit dirty if I just went the fucking the prototypical you know spa because of course it it wasn't really a race. <laughs> uh, that um, was my line of thinking. I ruled it out because it doesn't count as a fair race. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, like Monaco also, was quality for spa gammon. was brilliant. <laughs> yep, I agree. Monaco was pretty gammon. Sorry, what is ga- what is just... gammon? What? What is that? Gammon. Oh, gammon, it's like, oh, it was, it was shit. Like, it was Where does like that a, come from? You know what I mean? It just... Um, I grew up oh, on okay. a Twitch, and there are a fair few, um, yeah, kids out that way that used to say that. Um, yeah, and I guess, like the, like, the US was pretty boring in terms of, like, it was, it was a... Dollars fucking ditch water, mate. Stock standard race. And, like, look, I get it for all the fucking, the hubbub and stuff like that, but I'd probably say in terms of, like, an actual race, like, the Netherlands was probably the one that was just, like, it was cool seeing the Orange Army, but, like, for an actual race, 
Like, the track wasn't super fun in terms of watching those big fucking cars lug around it. And, you know, fucking... It was just... Like, the only thing that made it interesting is that it wasn't a Mercedes that was leading from fucking, you know... Start to finish. Lights to flag. Overall, compared to 2020, there were much more races that, for whatever reason, had a little bit more vinegar about them. But those are probably the ones in the the top. Yeah, I'll I'll jump in next. I'll say, I this is possibly the award I struggled with most. My obviously, you're never going to have the same level of memory of a bad race as a good race. Um, And pretty much anything else on here, you can either extrude out by, oh, who was the worst drivers? Let me quickly bring up the standings and go, oh, yeah, fuck, he was way lower than I thought he'd be. You know, overtakes and battles and things like that. The FIA releases all those compilations anyway. You use them for refresh. It's hard to go through and get a refresh of all the races without watching every single fucking highlights package, which I I wasn't going to do. And my brain just hasn't retained a lot about what necessarily happened at some of the poorer races. So I really had to just read through the quick blurbs and fucking do a little prayer and hope for the best. Um, I went with Portugal. And maybe I'm remembering that completely wrong and everyone's going to roast me. But I just remember we had a bit of a stretch there by the likes of France and a few other tracks that we're normally like, this is always fucking France and Spain. And we're like, this is always awful. We're really good. And then along came Portugal, which we're all like, that was a bit shit last year. And, you know, we're like, oh, well, you know, Spain was good. And France was good. And Portugal was like, no, I'm just going to fucking double down. I'm, I really am yeah. shit. Um, so, yeah, I went with Portugal. Also had written down Monaco. Um, which I can't remember, but I'm just like, it was Monaco. There's no way it was... If, if Monaco had been somehow banging, we'd remember... I'd remember it, so it can't have been that great. Uh, Jashan, did you have anything anything different well, from I, I think... What was your actual answer, Spencer? Like, your number one worst race of the season? Mm. Netherlands? Netherlands. Okay, so Netherlands, we've got Netherlands and Portugal. I... Obviously, wrote down Spa because obviously Spa was. We all know Spa was the worst point of the season in terms of racing. But like you guys have already my, said, my one thing with Spa was that I'll say for a redeeming feature, I think Spa had one of the most captivating qualifying sessions of the season. Fair. And I know that's not the race itself, but I still think qualifying count because Portugal's qualifying just wasn't interesting yeah. either. I do think that counts towards the race, and that while the Spa race, obviously that. That qualifying session was so fucking spicy that I'm still... That was maybe my favourite qualifying of the entire fucking season. Fair enough, fair enough. That's strong. Uh, I, I didn't write down Monaco because I um, I kind of think like that's just a given, right? Plus, we had that Lewis Hamilton being you know not as good and we had the Valtteri Bottas wheel nut situation. We had a good drive from Vettel. I thought there was enough to the Monaco race this about year that. to be entertaining. Let me just amend my worst moments to include Bottas's fucking wheel. <laughs> You gotta put down the nut. Bottas is nut. Oh, what a time to be alive. But I've actually I also wrote down America, both Austrian races and Portugal, but I'm going with Silverstone. Not necessarily because it's like it was a really bad race, but everything that happened, all the drama, all the bullshit, honestly just left a bit of taste in my mouth when I thought back on it. So I'm gonna go with Silverstone, um, for those reasons. That's fair. Three very different answers. The one other race I had written down, I think I fair on one of the I can't remember fair on Austria one, Austria two no, fair, bad fair, from memory, fair. something much better. Uh, the other race I had written down, maybe it wasn't that, but I just, just don't like the concept of it. Um, I just didn't find Qatar very interesting. Oh yeah, I, I forgot. It had I moments. forgot we we roasted. 
I completely <laughs> forgot that race happened. Yeah, it, like, I feel like it did have a couple of moments, right? Yeah. But like, well, wasn't yeah, that where just, Alonso got his podium, though? Um. Yeah. And because that, that, yeah, that's and this is where I was saying, yeah, I remember saying distinctly, I was like, look, I'm happy to wait and see what their street circuit ends up being like that, but LaSalle can't, yeah, not an F1 no, circuit. Can't be the option, can it? Um, all right, well, I think three fair enough options there for worst race. Well, I think we'll jump to the, the logical one after this, and we'll go straight to best race, and I will, I will jump in first. Yeah, this slide time. in there, Matt. Um. So I think, as I said, way more options in the best race category this time. It was a real, it was a bit of a tough one to peek through. So I think it really just came. All right, these ones were good. Which was your personal favorite of the good races? And for a mixture of surprise factor, genuine satisfaction over you know who came out on top, quality of some of the battles that happened further down in the pack, and a few of the different storylines going on. Um, hungry. I just... Ah, uh, you fucker. was a fucking great race. I mean, I probably... I think... I, I don't know for sure. I mean, so obviously, Jashan, you had Hungary written at the top of your ballot as well. No. No, uh, no, I didn't. Spencer's I'm saying you fucker yet. because you was no. gone for the token Ocon surprise victory. Fuck that, bro. Fuck that. Didn't even write it down. Oh, it wasn't just Ocon. It wasn't, it wasn't just Ocon winning, though. Bah. You had the whole craziness with Vettel and Hamilton... Not Vettel and Hamilton. Verstappen and Hamilton. Well, you had the fucking bonkers Valerie Bottas forgetting how to drive, start line crash, <laughs> wiping out True. everyone. You had the everyone going into the pits and putting on wet. Hamilton being the only fucking car on the grid. That decision to then change tires so much later, meaning Hamilton started at the very back, was at the very back of the pack. So you had him and a damaged Verstappen trying to carve through the field. You eventually had the Hamilton um, Alonso battle. You had the interest of the two horses jumping up into the points because they started off there. So you had Gro Grosjean didn't get the no, he didn't get the point in the end. Or did he get a point in the end? Roman Grosjean. Grosjean retired last year, bro. <laughs> no, not Grosjean. Um, you you're so underprepared. You've gone back to the year before. Oh, I'm thinking of last year's shit fucking hungry. It's a shit show, Jishan. I've merged too fucking hungry. Is this your me. host, Spencer? Um, but you did, Is you this had... your host? <sighs> the fucking shit but, show. Yeah, you had the you had the start line accident and all that. It put Mazda in first. She had a, It was never super, super close, but the Mazda's and Vettel's, just the psychological battle was interesting. Hamilton coming back through the field. We had the fun moment of Latifi way up there in the points for ages and cling it on. Um, I feel like we had maybe a devastation of Vettel not Yeah, yeah, because of some utter FIA no, bullshit. Well, not Vettel, sorry. Russell. No, I was actually, Russell not getting points in the end because we're not allowed nice things. I just think a lot went on in Hungary and it was really good no. fun. Plus, no, I'm, Russell, I'm always going to like races that have Russell got winners. points. He finished eighth. Oh, there Vettel, you go. Vettel finished like I said, second I and, fucking, was, and was DQ'd. Races are hard because I can't remember everything that happened in them. Vettel finished second but was DQ'd because his fuel wasn't. Yeah, quite yeah I know Vettel finished second and got disqualified, which was BS. Utter poppycock is what it was, mate. Utter poppycock. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. I've gone hungry. Bloody. Jashan, you clearly dislike that I've gone with hungry. What was your race of the year? Look, it, uh, I understand where you're coming from with the hungry angle. Good, fair enough. I just fair enough. 
but I disagree. Obviously, I disagree. Um, yeah, I had five races written down in my shortlist, but I've ended up I ended up going for Russia actually for Sochi. Thank God for rain. I love it when it's wet. It might help that I also hate Lando Norris a bit, so you know, it might be a little bit of bias coming out here, boys. See, I refuse. I refuse to recognize Russia as a real race. <laughs> I, did, I didn't even consider it. I was like, no, nope, that never happened. That, it, that was honestly fucking. Uh, that the tension at the end. I think that was the most tense I felt all season, even even compared to Abu Dhabi. Like, will Lando pull it out? Dude, you're fucked in the head. Then. Nah, that was fucking awesome. I loved that. I really enjoyed that. So I went for the uh, Russian Grand Prix there over at Sochi. I like that. Spencer? Um, mine was Imola. Mm. Oh, yeah. That was my best race of the there year. There you go. Um, Three different options. And I didn't even have those two nominated. The, the race that um, gave us gave me hope more than anything yep. else. Um, Hamilton starting pole after, you know, taking care of Max in race number one in Bahrain. Uh, managed to go from third to first in the first lap and get his elbows out. And then just the fucking carnage that followed. So Bottas and George getting stuck into each other. Hamilton beaching it. Somehow making it back up to second place on the second last lap. And yeah, I think it really set the tone for the season. Because we gen- like for the first time, we generally thought Red Bull had a crack. Because they were getting their first yep. one of the season prior to the 15th race. Yeah, that was awesome. I remember that George, that George Bottas crash was so fucking... Oh, that was so juicy, so spicy. I forget what it was that George actually said to, yeah. to Valtteri. Because you remember when they got out the cockpit and he went over and he had a few words? I remember that, yes? You remember the slap? Yeah, bit, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember there was um, we, a few of our regulars at the restaurant the next day were playing the video and we had a nice little back and forth. And Oh, my God. There was so much love for George Russell at that time. Just for giving it to Valtteri Bottas. But now I like Valtteri Bottas more than I like George Russell, so... Yeah. Well, you're very whimsical. Yeah, man. man. <laughs> I can relate to that. Well, I'll just jump in with my couple of other nominees. I think three wrote that. Um, I had France written down as my second option in words I never thought I would utter at the start of the year. But France was a fucking cracking yep. race. Check the undercut, boys. Um, and also, and in words I did expect to uh, say at the uh, start of the year, I had Brazil written down yep, as well. Me too. Me too. I had both of those written. Uh, were any of those have anything that was on your list of five, Jashan, that's yet to be mentioned? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Italian Grand Prix. Shout out to Daniel Rick and also Azerbaijan. Boys, it's a yep. marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, Baku was a great race as well. Shame Lewis lost the marathon anyway. Fucker. <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. Was there any any other races that left out to you, Spencer, that we've all failed to mention so far? Nah, mine's, my second and third were Monza and Azerbaijan. Strong. There we go. There we go. Good diversity so far. We've all had a completely different answer for every we question. We love diversity on the show, boys. You'll As a show hosted by three white men, right. we love diversity. I think the next thing I will leap to is Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah? Just slot on over to the old the roadie. This is... This is, uh, I reckon this is a tough award to give out because not sure anyone, not sure anyone actually uh, deserves it. <laughs> I'll let the first person out of you two to just start leaping in and want to give an answer to uh, go first for who uh, gets rookie. Yeah, I just gave it to, to Yuki. Yuki by the Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, there you go. Two unanimous Yukis. Does either one of you want to expand not on really. that? really. I mean, we all voted for Yuki to get it at the start of the season. And I think, I mean, like, yep. he wasn't great, but neither were Mick and, and Mazepin is obviously shit. So 
give it to Yuki. Fucking why not? He actually he at least had a couple performances. That's fair. Any anything else to say on that, Spencer? Yeah, nah, fucking Mazepin's absolutely trite, and Schumacher just didn't show... Schumacher dick, had flashes. So Schumacher had flashes. A couple of nice bat- battles enough. here and there, I will say. Well, yeah, I will... Yeah, hard, hard to be seeing anything when he's fucking 20th, 20th and then fucking retiring yeah. the car. Oh, agreed, agreed. Um, well, I will jump in to play Kincherian, because I didn't give it to Yuki oh, Sonoda. Jashan already knows what I've done here, but I'll... Because I'll yeah, you're a fucking weirdo, is what you are. <laughs> I thought the rookies were so bad that I gave it to Fernando Alonso. <laughs> Not a rookie. Not Who a rookie. Who obviously does he count as a rookie. One Not of the rookie. most veteran drivers of all well time. Be. He might as well be. Brilliant. Um, so I actually went, I gave it to Schumacher. My reason being, I had higher expectations of Sonoda, what Sonoda would be doing in the car he was in. And I feel he fell below the expectations I had of him. So I wasn't prepared to just default give it to him. Whereas I've gone a similar line of thinking as what happened two years ago when the rookies were Norris, Albon, and Russell. And, you know, obviously Albon was in a fucking Red Bull, a competitive car. He almost had a podium in Brazil. He had plenty of top fives because he was in a fucking Red Bull. He easily got the most points of the three. And, you know, in F1's official awards and that... They gave, they had the three of them come in. It's a hilarious video, the three of them going for the Rookie of the Year thing. But it went to it went to Albon. And I was just like... Bruh. I just didn't think it was... Because to me, from uh, yes, you're out saying Albon had the best car. From all I'd seen of those three rookies, what I the one I fancy the most and what I'd seen was George Russell. It's just he was stuck in a Williams that couldn't do shit. But I liked what I'd saw him do in that car. And I'm kind of going down the same line of thinking. He didn't get heaps of chances to show it. It is really hard to gauge because he is in an absolute fucking shit box. Mm-hmm. But I just... The little bits that crap grew from Mick, I just like the look of them more. Whereas Sonoda, I honestly thought... I mean, obviously he was going to be inconsistent, but I thought there would be more highs and not nearly as many lows. He just, yeah, underwhelmed me quite a bit. So that's why I went with Mick. Yeah, fair enough. You're full of shit. <laughs> You're so full of shit, you just went Mick Schumacher because Yuki was the easy choice and you wanted to sound fucking smart. And I've had enough of it. I've had enough. I'm a, I've had enough of every cunt riding Schumacher's dick because just because his last name is the same as his dad, he's not that good of a driver. If you yeah. say that he didn't okay. have many highs, you many... should have been belting the shit out of Nikita Mazepin if Mazepin is as bad as what everybody says. You say no highs from Yuki. He battled with fucking Hamilton this in fucking how many... Turkey. How many, Mick, how many Mick Schumacher races have you watched before he was actually an F1, mate? No, that doesn't matter. I could yes, it does. Mick Schumacher. fucking F2 driver. Mick no, Schumacher. rookie of the year. We didn't say who had the best career up to F1. We said rookie of the year this year. For you to say that Yuki didn't yeah. have as had more lows than Mick Schumacher, who literally sounded like a fucking, uh, needed to be a consoled fucking dog by the end of it. Yuki whipped his ass and he would have whipped his ass if they were in the exact same car. You're just no. trying to say Schumacher because you're on the Schumacher train. He's not that good, and he's not his fucking dad, and he never will be. I cannot wait till he wins a world championship, and you can shut your fucking. He's mouth not up. going to. He won't oh, because Chaffrey's going to win the next ten, mate. After so that's Yuki, all, that's you, true. Like, by this, oh, no, Yuki no doubt, Yuki, Yuki's good enough to win a championship as well, and I think there's every chance that. But I also the difference between the two of them. 
Schumacher will have a better run in it because his name will keep him in the sport for longer. If Yuki doesn't have a good year this year, and Yuki's gone. And he's not coming back. Yeah, but that, that goes against the question of Rookie of the Year. Oh, not yeah. who has the best goal no, of no, it no. or who did well I, in I genuinely, I, I, okay, I am, I am giving it to Schumacher because I was on the Sonoda hype train coming out of last year's F2 season. I really thought Sonoda could do some good things in that car. And personally, he didn't meet the expectations I had for him as someone who watched him in F2 last year. I was disappointed by that. Schumacher did exactly what I expected him to do in the Haas. So here we are. Take it or leave it. Which is what? Which is like, and what is that to finish? Let me use very little fuck all, but he didn't. 17th, 18th, 18th, 13th, 19th, 16th, 18th, 18th, 12th, 16th, 18th, 15th. Did not finish. 19th, 16th, did not finish. 18th, 16th, did not finish. 14th. He wasn't running into wall. He wasn't crashing out of every third qualifying like Sonoda was. He was just going around there, accumulating experience, and he had a couple of little flashpoints, and that he met that. And I didn't, I didn't, uh, half aside. I didn't necessarily think Schumacher would tear the house down year one anyway because he never tears the house down year one in a car. He always takes a couple of years to adjust it, and that's when he starts to show his strength. But again, Schumacher met my expectations. Those expectations might have been fairly low, but he met them. Sonoda went under them. Deal with it. Right. And and so this is for the award of who met your expectations or Rookie of the Year, just to be sure. Well, it doesn't matter because the Rookie of the Year was Fernando Alonso. Right, yes, yes. <laughs> One of the most veteran drivers of all time. Right? What, are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Fight me. All right. Outrageous. But no, he actually mm. can fight you now, Matt. And unlike me, he'll, he'll win. You'd probably beat me too, but I would have said, unlike, unlike you, he's got the balls to actually fight me. Exactly. He's got the line in terrifying. the sand, though. Schumacher's winning a championship. Yeah, yeah, I'll write that we'll down. We'll fucking see, mate. Schumacher's winning a championship. Right. Over fucking Carlos's cold dead hands, buddy. <laughs> okay, what's the next? I think he's got a better point? chance of winning one than Sonoda, that's for sure. But let's move on. We could debate this for ah. hours. Ah. Worst team. Worst team uh, of the I... fucking year. Uh, God damn it. Well, I'm fucking hot, so I'll fucking keep this going. Worst team of the year. I'm not counting Haas because they're not even in Formula 1 in my eyes. They're in Formula 1 and a half. Worst team yeah. of the year, hands down, Aston Martin. Yeah. That makes this a war. I think that makes this war. This is our first unanimous, isn't it? Yep. Terrible. Yeah. What in the flying googly moogly fuck were they doing this year? Sweet fuck all. That's what they were doing. What in the flying googly moogly fuck? They'd certainly be biggest disappointment if that was an award we were given out because they fell oh, fucking easy. miles below expectations. Oh my like, god! It, just, it didn't. Like, <clears throat> it didn't matter. Like they could have had like good qualifying pace for them this year was maybe both cars were scratching top ten. Oh yeah. And even expectations aside, this is a car with a Mercedes engine engine in it with a former world champion who again is well past his prime. But like last year, they were. Good. They were oh, yeah. right up there with Renault and with with McLaren, and they were vying for fucking third place in the championship. They couldn't. There was never a time this year that it started off poorly with the rake issues. They were never close. It was more of a surprise third, if they you, had Deshaun? a car. Well, what, Unbelievable what was that, Matt? from them. You picked them for third, right? I did pick them for third. The yes. Well, honestly, controversial opinion here, maybe. 
But uh, I reckon that was a worse prediction than Spencer going with Ricardo for world champion. Because at least we knew Spencer was having a bit of a fucking laugh with that one. But I think you genuinely thought Aston Martin would be the third. Yeah, well, Spencer also picked Sebastian Vettel to be the driver of the season. So, well, fuck me, right? That's a fair shout. That's a fair shout. And you also predicted George Russell to outscore multiple teams and Esteban Ocon, you fuck. (laughs) That's also true. A quarter of their points this year... Came from Vettel's second in Azerbaijan. Yeah, a quarter. Sounds about right. And that was the same race where Lance Stroll's tire fucking blew up as well. So just a shit show of a weekend for them, regardless. In my defense, there, Jashan, that last one, George Russell, was my bold prediction rather than one of my I genuinely think this will happen predictions. The keyword being bold, but it was it didn't work. But yeah, I predict they finished out of the points in nine races. But like I predicted, I predicted them third. Spence predicted them fourth, and you predicted them sixth, Matthew. And that's six yes. ahead of Alpine. So yeah, you know, we were all wrong in that regard. We were all a little bit let down. But I was, Aston I was Martin. at least on the, I was, I know what that. I was on the right track. Didn't think that'd be this bad though. That's for sure. Like I was like, I don't. Alpha think had gonna... double. Alpha Terry had double their points. That's fucking oh, it ridiculous. Was... It they were closer to bad. Williams than they were to Alpha Tauri. Like it was just terrible. I only hoped that they, this bad. was because they were focusing on the on the vehicle for next for this season. Their livery looked good oh, compared to last year. Oh, absolutely. As the season wore on, probably best looking car on the grid. But oh, one hundred. That was that it. Just terrible. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Obviously, I'm pretty sad. I technically I did have Haas written down first, but Spencer's opening statement where he's like, they're not even really in Formula One. I think that's fair enough. I had them. They obviously are the worst team. But we knew that, and yeah, they don't count. So yeah, and they I'm, came out of the start of the year and said that yep. they're not looking towards this year. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, unanimous Aston Martin by the sounds of it. Yep. Um, I, didn't, I didn't write anyone else down. Didn't the only yeah. yeah, we'll see. Uh, the only reason I had Alfa other teams Romeo. that's it. That was it. Maybe. The only other reason I had other teams written down is because I was in a groove of just having two backup things in case both of you boys took my first two options and I could talk about something fresh. Alpha was the only one I thought was even worthy. They were, and even then, I mean, you know, they were just a bit below where I thought they'd be, but, you know, not by that much. It's just, yeah. this Aston is the Martin easiest was supposed to, to be out. going, like, this was supposed to be the the rise to the fucking, to contenders, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. And considering where they were middle of last season, when they'd first started, and there was a whole copied Mercedes car and everything, and it was starting really firm, well, they're the third best here on the grid, they're fucked. There could be some races that are all about top speed where, is Aston going to be able to beat Red Bull? Like, could Aston challenge Mercedes? And now they are the worst non-dropkick team. And based on current trajectories, if Alex Albon have, bounces back and comes <laughs> out and is able to race strong next season, yeah. fucking I wouldn't rule out Williams catching up to them. If Williams' bro, development bro. trajectory continues up, who fucking knows? Watch Nicholas Latifi be their number one driver next season for Williams. Mm. Oh, well, I, well, that works too. But my point being that I could, you know, I don't think it will happen, but I would not be completely shocked if Williams and Aston Martin is the fight more so than Aston Martin moving back up the grid. And that is horrific for that team. Yeah. Well, every other team in front of them, like, think, like, McLaren, like, overall this year, we would say they had a pretty good season, but they left a lot of points out on the track, right? Like, we can all say that they had some fucking goof-ups. Yeah. 200 points above Aston Martin. Yep. Alpine, like, they had a pretty... Like, they, they seemed to do it every year, but they had a real strong finish to the end of the season. And Alpha Tauri, uh, like, looked really good. And Pierre, in particular, looked fucking <laughs> outstanding. 
and those are the three teams closest to them, and they're going to have to make up at least 70 points on the team lowest to them mm. this year. You Not know happening. who Aston Martin like, could really use right now? Sergio Perez. Well, who? Yeah, who would have thought that getting a fucking like a, a former four time world champion who's just fucking done Oi, with the sport? Don't you pretend like you thought you didn't think Vettel for Perez was boy. a good move? Fuck off! It was. It, it, it was a good. It it, it, made, no, it, it wasn't. made to be a good move. It was but a that terrible car move. Is just as the car did majority of that. The oh, yeah, but I think Perez would have delivered no, better results the rake than Vettel is no excuse as well. Like, Mercedes had the same rake problem, fucking sorted it like that, oh, like, instantly. Yeah. So there's yeah. no excuse. Just a bunch of bullshit. Uh, yeah, it was It was disheartening. Yes. It was very disheartening. Very, very pathetic. Pathetic's a strong uh, word for it. I, I, don't, I like that. I like the pathetic call. Oh, you do? You like it? You like because it's strong? Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. I like oh, that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. All right. Well, I'll I'll let you boys choose your own adventure here. Do we want to go best battle or best overtake next? Fuck my life. I'm not best battle. Yeah, best battle. Like best on track battle. Best, you know. Um, an overtake like is one, one in one overta- singular moment. Yeah, like in in our best overtake is just like one move through one corner. Best battle is a side by side sequence through you know several corners or laps. I can slide into best battle because it'll, it'll make me feel better after uh, our Aston Martin chat there because that's got me down in the dumps and I can slide in here. It's uh, Fernando Alonso versus Lewis Hamilton in Hungary, without a doubt. Agreed. Mm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. No other contender for me. Fucking spectacular! Oh, is what that I wouldn't was. go that far. <laughs> nah. Fucking spectacular. Sergio Lewis in Turkey was pretty fucking epic. Well, oh, I was going to yeah, say, fair, 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 if fair. you look at once, we'll, we'll go through Alonzo Hamilton and then I'll like, if you look at my nominees, you'll notice a very consistent theme here, but we'll, let's, let's talk about Alonzo Hamilton to get things started. It was just fucking sick. Like, yeah, and, and, and obviously with the added caveat that he was doing it, not solely, but with the added help of, you know, this will give Ocon more time to get the win. And it's just awesome. And he, he kept Lewis behind him for so long. And every single time that Lewis went for a dive, you thought to yourself, oh my God, this this should be easy for Lewis Hamilton. But Fernando just stuck his fucking elbows out, made it impossible for Lewis to get past him. And it was just, yeah, it was just a pleasure to watch. But yeah, no, I, I fully agree. Alonso Hamilton was just... Because I, I think there was contenders. But when I sat back and thought about it, I was like... A, just how good was it? And when I rewatched them all, I was like, yeah, it was just no, it was just such a good bit of driving. Mm. And I, I think its context of it, it wasn't as important in the context of things as one of the other ones was. Yeah. But it was still huge in context because honestly, with where they finished, I mean, you can't say for certain, but like if if he'd been able to breeze past Alonso at the first point of asking, he may very well have caught Ocon. Yeah, but Alonso kept him at bay for a couple 100%. of laps, Lewis and Ocon won the race. Tear, and yeah. as we said, obviously, when we probably do another one of these episodes where we hand out some grades, but uh, you know, at that point in time of my mid-season grades, I had Ocon at an A plus because, quite simply, Cunt's won a race. His F one career has <laughs> succeeded, and I've, obviously, he's not still at an A plus, but I do still stand by it. Ocon won a race. He's F one. Doesn't matter what he does in the rest of this time in the sport, he's won a race. Not many people can say that. He's yeah. had a fucking great F1 yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. And Alonso, massive assist there. Um, a couple of other ones I had out. The consistent theme is 
the other, well, for starters, if you watch the top 10 video on uh, YouTube, they appear three times just against each other. <laughs> I think Hamilton appears one time that, and then he, the Perez is also that. But um, I had two Perez v. Hamiltons, and I had, I can't, honestly, I cannot remember the way I wrote my notes, which one was which. But Perez v. Hamilton in Abu Dhabi, for the context of everything it was, everything Perez delivered in turning a, what was it, like a 15-second gap between Hamilton and Verstappen into like a two-second gap, yeah. and how good he did to fight back and get back through. And as Spencer said just a couple of minutes ago, Perez v. Hamilton in Turkey, they were side-by-side side in the wet for like five or six corners. Mm-hmm. And bad. even you could say Perez, not, and not as good, but the third part of it was Perez and Hamilton in Brazil. But yeah. Sublime. Perez and honestly, Ooh. Hamilton and Verstappen was the big title fight, but on track, Perez and Hamilton, what a fucking duel this season. Yeah, that's fair. I did like I, I like the use of the word sublime. That's a gorgeous word. Both of them, both of those really great battles. I really, really I'd forgotten about it until I watched that video to jog my memory. Really, really enjoyed Perez Hamilton. Uh, very fair, very fair. Turkey. That was just a great bit of driving. Um were those any anything apart from those two that really stuck out to you, Spencer? Mm. I just yeah, like I the Alonso one was like more on the edge of your seat, I think. Mm. Yeah, but with this with the Sergio one, like it was uh, it was like a nice sort of like sort of like fuck you moment to Mercedes because the way Hamilton races is very much like you're just going to get out of my way and that's going to be the end of it. And particularly as well with Hamilton pushing him out, you know, past the pit lane and then the fucking British commentators, you know, sparking up a big fucking debate about, oh, is, is he going to be able to get away with that? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, he is because he got he got pushed out there. And I mean, obviously as well, like special mention to the fucking Sergio Lewis part two in fucking Abu Dhabi as well. That was fucking outrageous. Yeah. Um, but it's just hard to do best battle for the year because fucking with these cars, we have about what? seven of them a year and majority of them we don't see on TV because they're the teams that are in the you know the bottom half yeah bottom five bottom six yeah so maybe this year will be different um, fingers crossed but no I just and I think Sergio as um as Christian put it quite eloquently he's an animal he's a fucking animal <laughs> very eloquent indeed from Mr. Horner what a man what an absolute beast oh can we have an impromptu right, so... award for best team principal of the season Oh, Christian Horner. It's got to be Christian Horner. It's got to be Christian Horner. Christian Horner. Gunter didn't Never have any standout moments. Otmar's a cunt. Christian Horner. Um, Toto proved himself to be a cunt. Um, who else is really even prominent? With yeah, the rest of the pack really fell away from him. Oh, I do like um, Frederick Vasseur over at Alpha slash Sauber. He's a oh, nice... he's great. Yeah. So is Franz Tost at AlphaTauri. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love Couldn't Franz. Tell. Not enough screen time. Missed, missed not having Cyril Abitable. I miss him. It wasn't the same without a bit of bullshit. Yeah, I, I miss him as well. I hope he comes back. He, he has to. He has to. But yeah, next award. A bit there, of bowl to go. uh. All right, so we're halfway there. We've got <laughs> two positives, two negatives, and then well, I mean technically four positives. And then the two big gongs are left. Yeah. But... Um, I will jump us in. We'll go west, uh, worst, best, worst, best, and then we'll leave the two big ones for last. So next up, we will go with. Worst driver. 
And I will leap in and make sure I get to take the easy answer because I don't think this is a particularly hard one to decide. It was Daniel Ricciardo. Wow. Spencer predicted him to win the world championship. He finished 11th. Also, um, Medvedev might beat Nadal, and that's really shit. Yeah, uh, Ricardo okay. finished... Sorry, I've lied. Ricardo finished 8th at 115 points. He obviously did have a win, but that was his only podium. He was 44 points behind Charles Leclerc in 7th, and only 5 points ahead of Pierre Gasly, who was in an Alpha Tauri, which finished... Well, surprisingly, only two spots, but 133 points behind his team in the Constructors' Championship. Norris, obviously, was up and down, had his moments, but Norris beat Ricardo by 45 points, and that was including one of the worst second halves of the season compared to the first half of the season you've ever seen. And really, just apart from that drive in Monza, and it might have been one other drive where he got like a top five, and it felt like, oh, here we go. He just did fuck all all year, and it was always underwhelming. He always seemed to be in the back half or missing out on Q3. Mm. And this is a guy who I really expected to be firmly the number one man at his team. And, you know, the lead driver. And if McLaren was going to be on the upwards trajectory of competing, the one who would be, you know, getting the wins and taking it to the big boys. And honestly, I think he's now, he'll be hard-pressed keeping that seat beyond his contract. There's so many good youngsters floating around. Yeah. And not only keeping that seat, if he doesn't get his act together, he'll be gone from the sport because there's just so many good youngsters around. There's there's people who need drives. This is true. This is true. Ricardo's a strong choice. Um, I'll slide in. I went for Giovinazzi. Um, This guy had his job on the line, and they gave him so many fucking chances, like so many fucking chances. But he was still outscored by a guy who knew he was retiring. Like, one foot out the door, Gio just couldn't get it done when it mattered most. And that's just disappointing, you know? I've never liked Gio as a driver. I think he's never really been good enough. But, um, you know, it's crunch time, and he failed to meet the, the requisite standards. So I put him first. I had Ricardo second, and then I had the Aston Martin boys equal at third. What about you, Spencer? Yeah, just Danny Rick. Danny Rick? Mm. He's just shit. Just shit. Just shit, Danny Rick. Danny shit. He seems very enthralled by it, too. Stroll was also pretty garbage this year as well. Oh, fuck me. Oh, God. I, I had Giovinazzi written down, so I'd agree with Jashan there. Uh, I had Vettel written down as well. I, Not Stroll? I don't know whether pound for pound Vettel was worse than Stroll, but, like, I've always known Stroll was shit. Vettel I, got you know, two podiums. I didn't... In I know, shit ho- in a shitbox car. In, in, bet- in between that, I just, I don't know. And maybe this is the thing, but I'm still just like, I, and I've got some bias here. And I love Sebastian Vettel. He's become one of, if not my favourite driver, who's not one of the four-year-olds on the grid. You like But okay, all I can not, think to myself four-year-olds is... four-year-olds into the equation here, Matt. Jesus Christ. All I can think to myself is, Perez would have done better in that car. You let one of the most underrated drivers on the grid go for a man in the twilight years of his career who, let's be real, talent-wise, he's washed up. If you were serious about competing in this team, well, obviously, if you were serious about competing, you would have let Stroll go and brought in Vettel to pair with Perez. But if you were serious about competing with this team, you would have kept Perez. It's as simple as that. 
And to me, Vettel just did nothing to prove that opinion of mine wrong. I heard Spencer's door open. I gen- was genuinely terrified he was going to slap me in the face or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, he did nothing to prove that wrong aside from the two podiums he drove to. Yeah, but that, that to me, that wasn't enough. One of those... Are you... Wait, are you counting Hungary as one of his two podiums? Yes. Okay, so yeah. Well, he had a podium in one of the wackiest Rip races into the piss, of the Spencer! Thank you. Thank you, boys. And you. where where was his other podium? Azerbaijan. Uh, Azerbaijan. Oh, yeah, so he got podiums in two of the craziest races where big names came out of the season. So, not to... Not to be judgmental, that is how it works. Obviously, that's how Ocon got his win. But it's not like Vettel had two barnstormy. He had two fortunate drives in amongst a lot of... Just not that great. Yeah. And I think... Uh, but that team as a whole was just fuck all useless. Ocon scored just under double what Vettel did. And the Alpine coming into the season was considered to be a, a much worse car than the Aston Martin. Um, but, uh, yeah, Aston Martin can suck my dick. Um, Lance and Lawrence Stroll, um, just because you have money doesn't mean that you can drive, you annoying Canadian cunts. If anybody is Canadian and listens to this podcast, don't. Um, I'd like to keep all the fans that we currently have. Nah. Please keep listening. We are desperate nah. for numbers. They'll do what they always do. They'll promise that they're going to listen to every fucking episode and they'll get fucking halfway through and they'll just stop. Just like fucking Stroll and Vettel. Not all Canadians. I'd like Not to retain Canadians. all our Canadians. All right, I love poutine. Matthew, do you love poutine? Keep moving I'm this a big along. poutine fan. I like poutine, I but I'll stop eating it out of principle. Shout out to Can the Toronto Raptors. Wrestlers? Uh, Shay Gilgis Alexander. Most underrated superstar in women's football. Mm. <laughs> um, all right. Jamal Best Murray. over... Actually, I fucking hate Jamal Murray. Fuck Jamal Murray. Ah, uh, Andrew Wiggins. Ah, the wig dog! All-star starter, Andrew Wiggins. All-star starter, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, crazy. What is happening Best in the world? overtake. And I'm going to jump in here and talk first on this one. Yes, yeah, slide in, mate. Possibly because the only one I can remember after I've written them all down is the one that is first in my notes. Um, <laughs> nice. Best over the take of the season. Verstappen's move on Hamilton to win the world championship. Yeah, okay. Cop out. Cop and out. If, if I could bet, I struggled with this one. Cop out. Um, oh, is... If, okay, if I can think of what my second option actually was, then maybe I am right. But I think... Was it maybe the absolute visually best overtake? No. no but you put put context on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, e- even without no context, context though, like it, it like Hamilton didn't expect it, was a it good to fucking happen move. because Hamil- because of his tap and it fucking was a good dive fucking move. It. it was fantastic, and like the angle didn't do it justice. Like he got in there fucking deep, deep, and Hamilton just had absolutely, like he he ha- he put a seven time world champion in no man's land and pretty much forced him to go. Oh, if yeah. I turn in and take the line here, we both crash and you win. If I let you go, yeah. I simp, and you win. Fucking earth, that was the best overtake of the season. Yeah. 100%. Like, look, it look, ended seven look, years of dominance. Sorry, sorry. It was, mm. sorry, sorry, it was no years. Liam Lawson forcing it. No Liam Lawson forcing a door open at Monaco or Jan Deruvela taking two into one. But in terms of the F1 moves, 
It was a good fucking move, and then contextually, it was a legendary move. That was the greatest overtake on Max Verstappen's career. Oh, I, I wrote it down as well. Don't you get me wrong. <laughs> so was that your first place getter too? Yeah. Uh, yes, it was. Um, yep. But also shout out to Lando Norris's move on, I believe it was Leclerc in Monza to take P2 behind yes. Daniel Rick. That was also quite yes, crispy. Yes, that was really good. Which means, if I'm remembering correctly, was Perez's move on Ricardo? Was that at Monaco? Bro, fuck my I have this weird feeling. Yes, I'm pretty, I have this feeling. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he um, put a massive move onto him into the bus stop chicane, I think. Which, those always look progressive. That's like what Liam Lawson tried and it didn't work. Is there actually a bus stop at the bus stop chicane? I have no idea. Huh. Fascinating. F1 overtakes 2021. Uh, while I'm quickly looking this up, uh-huh. um, so we've all we've all agreed it was Verstappen on Hamilton. Yes, yes. yes. Is that Fair our enough. second universal unanimous. of the night? Uh, no. So we've had Alonso v Hamilton was universal. Uh, Aston Martin as worst team was universal. Oh, this yeah, is yeah. our third universal okay. Okay. award. Strong. Unanimous, not universal. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yes. Same All right. While I'm having mate. a quick look, while I'm having a quick look to confirm that I'm thinking of the correct overtake. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Actually, I'm. This is this is going to take <laughs> less time. A hundred percent. Huge shit show. Oh there were like three overtakes in Monaco this year. I'm not saying that you're you're on crack, but I'm. No, you know what? I I think I think I am on crack. You look like what you're the on fuck crack. Fuck am I thinking of in that case? That's fair. All right, well, I'm going to go through and figure out what overtake it is. In the meantime, I'm going to throw to Spencer oh, Jesus. to tell us his worst moment of the season. Yeah, okay. um, well, I mean, taking aside Spa for obvious reasons, um, uh, to, to me, the, the worst moment of the season had to be the um, Lewis-Max collision in Silverstone because yeah. it... Yeah. He's taking me out. It, it just... Like, it... I mean, in hindsight now, you can kind of see, like, you know, what, what was sort of happening. But, like, at that time, um, it was pretty pretty bad. And I think what made it even worse, and I think is probably, like, even its own thing in terms of, like, worst moment, was just the the bias of the British Sky Sports media of how, like, they just paint Lewis Hamilton in such a way that he just can do no wrong. When it doesn't matter how many fucking slow-mos, how many fucking hand cams you have, like, all those guys that are racers there, they know what Lewis Hamilton was doing. And it's all well and good to say that, you know, Max Verstappen got out of the car, it's all good. But, man, he hit that wall pretty fucking hard, man. And, like... Didn't know, didn't know he got out of the car when Lewis was celebrating like a fuckwit. Yeah, and it just, it, it just put a bit of a fucking stain, I think, on, the F, on F1. And then also the fact as well, like talking about the whole safety kind of things that need to be changed is like a 10 second penalty for Mercedes just isn't the same for everybody else. So yeah, that was just the worst moment for me. And that was like the, that was one of the few moments this year in the F1 where I was like fucking like physically angry after watching a race at what like, what transpired. Absolutely. Um, Just quickly before I go across to Sean, I figured it out. It was so it was Perez on Ricardo and it was a brilliant he made a late lunge went round the outside of turn 1 at Spain. Yeah. Which was came from miles back forced uh, yeah, himself yeah, up yeah, on the yeah, outside yeah, and then okay. t- which gave him the inside through turn 2 and just 
forced in front, which I thought was mad impressive. And then, yes, Norris Leclerc was a great overtake as well. Jashan. Yeah, buddy. Your worst overtake of... Sorry, your worst overtake. You're your worst moment of the season. mental, mate. Yeah, look, the ADHD is on fire uh, yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blame the ADHD. Look, mate, we all sympathise, and I respect it, and I, I sympathise, like I've already said. Well, the ADHD is why I say the wrong thing. Like, what else do you want me to put chalk that up Start to? Start drinking coffee. Being dumb? The being dumb is the ADHD. That's what you reckon. Uh, he who throws stones in glass houses, mate. He who Worst throws stones. Worst moment. Worst moment. Uh, yeah, look, uh, jokingly, uh, George Russell going full Karen after Abu Dhabi. I wrote that one down. <laughs> this is unacceptable! <laughs> that is a great answer. That is great. The assimilation to the Mercedes master plan by George Russell. Yeah. I love that yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, um... <laughs> oh, dearie me. And, uh, yeah, I also had written down the Silverstone crash, but um, I won't I won't say that for the sake of being different because we love, we love differences on these podcasts. I'll just go Saudi Arabia. And um, the culmination of that was obviously when Hamilton... Sorry. Who rear-ended who? What? Uh, Hamilton drove into the back of Verstappen. Yeah, so that that moment when Hamilton rear-ended Max Verstappen, and also just the culmination. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, and all, well, there was a lot of moments to, to to think about, but just the culmination of all the bullshit that happened there, and also I believe that was the race after Brazil, or we had a another bunch of bullshit, you know, with the Mercedes going all oh, we like to win races on track and and all that crap. And that, I think, for me, was just like the climax of all the unnecessary drama. And back and forth, and you just had, oh, the instant complaints and all this shit. So I'll go with Saudi Arabia, the rear ending. What about you, Matthew Hume? Well, making it our fourth unanimous award of the night, I also had written, I'll just quickly say, yeah, for me, because I considered a couple of the other Mercedes Red Bull controversies, but I said it when we were reviewing, recapping Abu Dhabi, and we ran through all the different things that happened. For me, this was the single biggest one when everyone was like, oh, what happened to that? And I was like, yeah. But, like, Hamilton tried to kill Verstappen in Great Britain and got a 10-second penalty. Mm. And obviously he wasn't trying to kill him, but, like, that was... I don't know, there's man. There's no way he didn't know what was going to happen. Flat yeah. out, flat yeah, out no, 250 and putting your car in a fucking blind spot. You know you're doing something, and it sure as shit ain't trying to keep the guy next to you safe. Yeah, so that was that. But uh, I went with the, I guess, the third of the big controversies. Uh, Abu Dhabi would be my next nomination up. I just think, obviously, I was ecstatic with the outcome, but the whole process of how we got there was a real shit show, and it's just unfortunate. As we said, it didn't need to be. The actual concepts of the decisions they made weren't that bad. But the execution was so awful. It was so yes, no, maybe. Or, you know, it was so six again, never mind. Which four of our Australian listeners might get. Um, Otherwise, Spencer will be really sad about it. Uh, You know, and it was that. All they had to do was just straight away from the start be like, we're going to let all the cars through or enough cars through and we'll go racing with one lap to go. If they'd said that, Toto could have been like, oh, that's not fair. And Michael could have been like, Fuck off, cunt. That's what I've decided. And it's really not that hard to unbuy. A safety car came out. Sucks to suck. But they went for, we're not going to unlap anyone to act. Suddenly, oh, we are. And you you just can't flippity flop like that. 
and it's met it opened up so much more like obviously the fact that it was a safety car you would have had heaps of people being like Hamilton deserved this he was robbed by a safety car Latifi conspiracy but the whole yes the whole flippity flop of the FIA's decision for that just opened it up so that the real in many ways the biggest story that came out of Abu Dhabi wasn't that Max won the world championship it was what the fuck happened with that shit at the end of the race Mm -hmm. and that is so unfair on Max because love him or hate him, he's finally reached the pinnacle and he's done something incredible. He's knocked off the greatest driver to ever race in Formula 1. Fucking knows. That's good. good call. So, good that was that. Other couple of things I had written down. I also put down uh, Imola in the sense of the Bottas-Russell crash. Mm-hmm. Not a low moment in the same ways of the title fight stuff with Britain, Abu Dhabi and Saudi Arabia. But just off what I can remember of this season... Worst crash outside of Verstappen at um, Silverstone, and maybe a little bit the tangle they had in Imola, just uh, not Imola, Monza, because obviously the footage showed if halos weren't there, Hamilton's head probably would have become a tyre. Yeah. But um, I just remember, like, it was a. Imola was just a violent fucking crash. And it was one of those ones where you had a real old oh, Jesus fuck kind of kind of feeling about it, a bit on a bit unsettling. Um, and then after you reminded me of it earlier in the episode as a joke, I put down uh, Valerie Bottas's wheel knot and the fact that not so much the wheel knot not coming off, the fact that Toto Wolf just completely threw him under the bus or Valtteri was. 0.2 millimeters off the market was all his fault. All right, mate. If fucking Hamilton had done that, you would have been like, "Oh, these cars are really hard to stop. Please stop giving Lewis a hard time. He's a he's a special boy and he tries his best." So, um, once you reminded me off, I just forgot how much that fucking shitted me off. That was the final probably straw for me with Toto Wolff. I was like, I used to respect the fuck out of you, but you were just a tosser. No, You're, Michael. Just no. An absolute dropkick. Um. Yeah. Any anyone else have any any moments that really did leap out that weren't from the title fight that nah. they thought was still a really bleak moment in the season? Um. I mean, just overall, like Lando binning it in the rain was pretty shit. It's fucking that hilarious. was pretty shit. But Jashan loved it because he hates him. Yep. Fucking hilarious. So we're up to four unanimous awards out of nine. That's not Go half on, bad at all. No. 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 What? What? That wasn't yeah. unanimous. What are you talking about? We all said Britain. No, we I all had Britain Ra- written. Da- Get it together. Didn't you have Britain written down as your first option, but you chose to go with Saudi Arabia to talk about something On different? On air, my answer is Saudi Arabia, and air is gospel. Mate, you you literally said I wrote Britain as well, but I'll go with Saudi Arabia, so I'm not repeating the same things. That counts as Britain, as far as I'm concerned. Fuck. Drop me glass of water. You will respect my authority. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Alright. Best moment of the season. We're down to the final three, perhaps the three big awards. Best moment. Jashan. Take it away. Oh, take it away! Ah, lights out and away we go. And the best moment I had for this season, I had a lot of options. I was I was kind of struggling to decide. But um, I actually just had Kimmy's retirement as the best moment and the way he just totally embraced it and was just like, yep, I'm going to be a lot happier now. Fuck you all. I was not expecting that, but I like that a lot. 
Yep. That is my best moment of the season, Kimmy Rockin's retirement. No, no, not out of disrespect, obviously, to Kimmy. Love the guy. Love no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I, I get yeah. what you mean. I think we all get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spencer. Nah, I fucking know what he means. Fucking Eastern European. Fucking. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, mate. Croatian fuck supremacy. Off. Fuck the Finns. Yeah, we all hate off. the Finns. I fuck know exactly. the Finns. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can fucking. You can piss on my back, mate. Don't tell me it's fucking rain, alright? You. A lot of piss talk me. tonight, Spencer. You okay? Yeah, I'm fucking fine, mate. You just fucking watch yourself, alright? A lot oh, of no. piss talk. A lot of oh, piss no. talk, mate. He's going to fucking straight set him, isn't he? Um, yeah, fuck this my up. best moments of the season, um, I went a little bit left field on this one because um, I'm a petty man. And one thing that I do enjoy in sport is um, moments of pettiness. So I really enjoyed Valtteri Bottas winning in Turkey. Just as like a nice little like yes. little thing to fucking Mercedes to just say, fuck you. Um, yeah, that was my best moment. Obviously, Max Verstappen winning the championship was fucking awesome. But I know, similar to... To Spa um, being some of the worst moments, I feel like that's pretty, you know, part parcel. Um, And in terms of, like, best moment, in terms of, like, Matt alluded to it earlier, um, the Spa qualifying was fucking awesome. Like, that was just fucking... Like, it it felt like old-school F1 qualifying where you just had absolutely no fucking clue who was going to win it. And then Lando just absolutely fucking cut in shapes then bins his car and then that little moment of like oh fuck is he all right and then like after realizing that he is okay you're sort of like oh that was awesome um my i think i had my apple watch on watching that and my heart rate was getting up into the 150s just watching it in fucking bed so those two there would have to be my best moments um and look like to be honest as well like a few of hamilton's drives this year towards the end of the season Looking back on it now, like just the, yeah, just his, yeah, like you fucking, you want to hate him, but like he's, he's so goddamn good. And you can say what you want about the car, but you still need somebody to drive the fucking thing. Um, Absolutely. And overall for the season, um, just Carlos existing was a good moment. Yep. Shout out to our first sponsorship, by the way, the uh, Apple Watch recently signed on. Um, Very excited (laughs) about this partnership moving forward. I'm going to get crucified. (laughs) I'm going to get crucified for this, I think. But Jashan can at least attest that I've got some consistency here because it was up there in terms of one of my favourites moments for F2. I went with the best moment being Verstappen winning the World Championship. I just think that that's at the end of the day. That's fair. That's going to be the moment I remember. No one's going to crucify you for that. Fuck me. One of the greatest finishes. You guys will be like, oh, you've got the cop out answer. Cop out, um, sure, but I mean... So, yeah, I just thought that was... And obviously, as we can all... Just had thing, last race, we all got to... I got to watch with Jashan and our odd housemate at the house. We had another mate round as well, and I oh, literally just thought... Because as, as someone as someone who will openly admit, you know, I think Hamilton's incredible, but I'm just... I'm just sick to death of Hamilton winning and very disillusioned by constant Hamilton winning. I say, As I've said on this podcast before... Pretty much with what, when the safety car came out and I thought that was that, I just started getting ready for bed and making all my preparations. Correct. And I just kept car sticking my head out, but I was like, no, I'm going to bed. And then suddenly they announced, oh, fuck, safety car's actually coming back in. And I was like, this is fucking whack, but here we go. And then just losing my fucking mind as Verstappen got past him and just feeling a elation. Uh, a couple of other ones that I wrote down, though. Uh, Ricardo's winning Monza. I'm an Australian. 
And as much as I've absolutely slated him during this podcast and throughout the season, I will always love Danny Rick. And some of his early days of getting wins in F1 will always be some of my favourite F1 memories. So him finally getting back in the winner's circle was bloody lovely to see. Uh, in line with what Spencer said about the Spa qualifying, I specifically wrote George Russell's Spa qualifying lap to put that car in P2. Yeah, yeah. Fucking bonkers and incredible. The uh, piece to resist odds of Mr. Saturday's legacy to date. Um, and I also just had written down Vettel. And I don't necessarily mean anything in specific, and I'm not talking on track. No, yeah, we know. That. Yeah. Just Sebastian Vettel, the person. The fact that every week... He was staying behind after the race in the grandstands to clean up the litter. He was fucking rocking up and the FIA was going, right, Sebastian, we've done the photo shoot. You must take off your pride shirt now. And he just went, I'm Sebastian Vettel. Just fucking find me. I don't care. Mm. And just kept it on and just held those consistent themes. He was, you know, I'm going into a little bit of last season as well, but he's been the most supportive voice alongside uh, Hamilton with the Black Lives Matter stuff and just all those things. Just just Sebastian Vettel for going from, honestly, most hated man in Formula 1, I think, to I would be surprised if there's many people who he's not in their top five favourite driver. He's just he's just the nicest guy on the grid. Plus, he's just such a great the guy. Football with uh, Nick, I just wish I knew Sebastian Vettel. In, um, I think it was Silverstone, yeah. yeah. Fucking sick. He's just, just a really nice... Also... He rides his bike to he rides his fucking bicycle to the races. Everyone rocks it in their super fancy sports car. There's that one that one clip that floats around on like TikTok and stuff like that. Oh. Where it's all the drivers arriving and they're not I've never seen it on TikTok. On the Instagram reels? On the Instagram reels on the YouTube. Is the, which is the same which is the same thing, but like <laughs> fractionally less cringe because you don't have to have TikTok in school. <laughs> Yeah, you're still um, seeking hours of a good all... day into fucking the same content, just in a different platform. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's called a loophole. <laughs> nah, I stand with, I stand the, with Matt the... on this hill. <laughs> fucking loopholes, mate. Loopholes. <laughs> you get all the joy wait, wait, but are of you the quality of some things that are on TikTok. Fan or a no. YouTube compilation fan? Uh, Instagram Reels. I'm a YouTube short guy now. De- I, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Depends oh, yeah. On, I was going to say, depends on what I'm going for. Yeah, you YouTube know, shorts, once you get past yeah, twenty five, you get a little scared about what the kids are doing. But those YouTube shorts, mate, fucking, mate, they're not too short if you watch fucking hundred of them in a row. Let me tell you, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Real reels, they're not long, but they are. If you spend three straight hours on them, <laughs> but uh, there's yeah, babe, what I'm trying to say, there's this, there's, there's a clip. And it's all the different. I can't what one of the races, and it's raining and that. And it's all the different drivers arriving in their different fucking supercars or. Their infinity because they drive for Red Bull, and then after all of them, Sebastian Vettel just rides through. He's wearing his backpack on his fucking bike in the rain, and you're just like, "What a fucking man! What a man!" Like Lewis Hamilton can bang on about saving the planet all he wants, but Sebastian Vettel rides a bike to the races. So fuck you, Lewis. Wouldn't be called dead. Ah, uh, Sebastian Vettel, I love him. Fair enough. Never thought I'd say that. Fair enough. All right, two final awards, the two big gongs, Team of the Year. Driver of the Year. I'll start us with Team of the Year, and I'll get us off the bat. There was the two obvious ones. You could argue, I think, till the cows come home about which one of those two was better. But I actually genuinely think, in the context of everything, it wasn't those two teams. I've, I've don't, I've genuinely feel I've not just done this to be differential. I actually think, if in the you context say Haas, of everything, I will walk into your room and I will punch <laughs> you in the back of the head. 
I'm giving you no, one warning. You should, you should be, you should be pleased. You'll be very happy with this answer. Team of the year for me, Ferrari. Oh, grazie, grazie. Yes, yes, yes. I, from where Ferrari, Ferrari looked in major dramas for most of last season, the only thing that was holding them up was Charles Leclerc, the shitbox whisperer, and the fact he kept on coming forth somehow despite having no fucking oh. right to be there. But this year. Third, third best team on the grid. In the end of things, when Lando Norris forgot how to drive and McLaren just fall, fell away, comfortably the third best team of the year on the grid. I think combined they have the best driver pairing in Sainz and Leclerc. I don't think there's anyone. Obviously, Verstappen and Hamilton are both better drivers, but beyond that, I don't think there's any second driver I'd take more than Charles Leclerc. Second driver, Charles. Carlos Sainz is the main driver. They're equal first. They're equal first. Oh, I mean, please. flip it. Flip it, though. Sainz got five and a half more points. Like, Sainz got five and a half go, more points but, and three more podiums. But even if you... Okay, yeah, definitely like you. Yeah, we could say what you want, like, you know, like like Charles is the best second driver in the grid. We call Charles the first driver. Who else are you taking other, over than Carlos as your second yeah. driver? Maybe Checo? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe? Like... No, I'm taking We're, get, we're definitely going to say Lando's yeah. number one in McLaren, right? And I'm sure as shit I'm taking Danny Rick yeah. over fucking Carlos or Charles. Not at all. Yeah. Um, so Ferrari just feels like they're back on the right trajectory. We've said they're possibly going to have problems if they're getting back to being a genuine competitor. It could be really tough managing these two. Charles Leclerc's obviously been their chosen child, and he has... Whilst he's a very respectful man, he definitely got a competitor's ego, and he thinks he's fucking absolute hot shit. Yep. Carlos... They all do. Carlos does too. Carlos knows he's hot shit. Yep. Carlos isn't going to back down either. Could definitely get some very spicy tensions there. But if they can manage to manage, if they can hunt together, if Ferrari can get to somewhere resembling a car that's competitive with Red Bull and Mercedes, they'd be my pick for the constructors because they've just they've got the best second driver. Yep. You know they may not be able to win the races because Mercedes it'll be Verstappen and Hamilton every race. But if fucking Charles and Carlos just start finishing third and fourth every race. Ferrari will have a genuine shot at the constructors' title. It's going to be very very. So juicy. I just think a big thing and just. They have Carlos signs at the end of the day, and that for me is always a win. This Both podcast is very quickly becoming the Carlos Signs Appreciation Podcast. Well, I've always wanted it to be, <laughs> and this year it's how they prove it, and now I can just talk freely and with good justification on how much I fucking love Carlos Signs. Oh Jesus Christ. Uh so yeah, I've I very firmly think for me, team of the season, Ferrari. Yep. Uh Shishan, have you have you echoed my sentiments, or have you gone with no, one of no, the no, big no, no, two no, 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 as your winner? See, what I've done uh, in moving to Melbourne is I've committed to being... Oh, you've become a hipster. A wanky He's hipster. He's gone Alpha Tauri, guys. Yes, I'm a wanky hipster. It's Alpha Tauri. I have picked Williams really as cool my team words. of... The Williams! Oh, Williams. yes! Oh, I'll take that. Oh, that's great. I love that. To go from literal bottom feeders, like literal bottom feeders... To being the third worst team, like yeah, they leapfrogged two teams, and we actually got to see George Russell perform and Latifi perform. Who knew Latifi could perform? I mean, fuck me, right? Latifi. It was fucking Latifi. And I think in terms of yeah trajectory, they've gone from yeah, like I said, plateauing bottom feeders to you know a bit of an upward trajectory, bit of a rise, and I'm I'm keen to see. If they can continue to improve. Look, I, I joke about Alex Albon earlier, but I do think he is pretty talented. It's just a more of a matter of mentality, I think, for him. And I am keen to see if he can work out that car. Oh, look. 
in terms of win now, that was I've I've criticised it as well, and I would have liked preferred to see you know a, a Tinkdom and Eilat or whatever. But in terms of win now, Alex Albon's probably the safest bet they could have put in that car. Yeah. And Williams is clearly thinking now's the time for us to start capitalising. Yeah, so yeah, props to Williams for transitioning through a tough uh, phase, obviously with the um, the actual family taking a step away and Doralton taking over, but I think they've done a, a great job. I think y- Jost Capito has done a great job running the show. And uh, yeah, so Williams is my team of the season. Bang. Spencer. Please do the right thing and actually pick the team that should win. Yeah, look, I'm not going to get all caught up in this fucking bullshit of, you know, celebrating mediocrity or celebrating finishing (laughs) eighth in the championship or anything else. Well, I do agree with with yours, Matt. I can definitely see that with a lot of your things have come from where your mind was at the start of the season to where it is now, and I respect that. Um, You don't respect me? I'll openly admit that. Oh, and I respect the Williams one as well. I think it, like, you know, it's just, you know. (laughs) For Williams, it seems such a fall from grace where if they're scoring points, we're like, yay, yay, go Williams. <laughs> well, yeah, so from me, all I've seen is them being hey, shit up hey. until this point. They weren't just scoring points. They got a podium. Yes, yes, they got a, a, podium. a podium. They got a pod. They got a wank. Or an <laughs> eam. <laughs> a pod. Not an eam? Not we'll go an eam. They got an eam. Russ, Russ got an eam. Um, no, nice. it, it was Mercedes. And I'm going to tell you why. Wow. Um, all the critique that we've had about Mercedes is that it's, it's fucking easy being the best car or having the best car on the grid. And for a large portion of the season, particularly early on in the season, they didn't have the best car on the grid. It was Red Bulls. And you can say about all the, the resources, all the fucking money and all that sort of shit, yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, for Mercedes to make it as big of a fight as what they did, to still keep their drivers and their team motivated on the prize with all the fucking drama going on on track, with all the drama with Valtteri Bottas off track, with George Russell coming in and everything else, um, they they were hands down the best team all year. And it's like Red Bull were close, but again, Red Bull weren't like Red Bull were never racing for the constructors this season. They were racing to get to get their guy the drivers' championship, and they succeeded in that. And at the end of the day, Mercedes have now won what seven world titles in a row, or is it eight now? Constructors. Yep. NBA. Hey, it's just stupid. And yeah, they've had Lewis Hamilton there, who is you know, if he's not number one, he's tied number one best driver in F one history. They've like they brought Valtteri Bottas in on short notice. They turned him into just constant podiums and just race after race this season when you thought the title fight was dead. They somehow always found a way to just squeak out an extra little bit from the car. And as much as I hate to say it, like their black livery is really cool. Okay, but also what about all the mistakes? Like they fucked up um, so many tactical choices. Think about France, they got undercut. Think about Monaco when they fucked up Valtteri's uh, wheel nut. All the drama throughout the season... And they won it in spite of that. Yeah, 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 yeah but they were in supposed to having, win dominantly. In spite of having a genuinely off... In spite of having a genuinely off year by Mercedes standards, they still authoritatively came home down the stretch and won the... Yeah, because Lewis Hamilton is, is literally My number two Jesus. option behind Ferrari. What? The strategic, Lewis Hamilton they, is Jesus. Strategic engine change, though. Like, they changed their engines at the right time of the season, so they had fresher engines towards the end. So Red Bull had a big disadvantage towards the end of the season in raw pace. 
Um, yeah, they did. But, Mercedes, but... and you you even said it earlier. You even said it earlier with the rake issues at the start of the season. Mercedes figured that shit out because they're a good team. And it is just like... T- like but the only then... reason they changed their engine, because they didn't want to change their engine. They wanted to focus on next season. They were forced into doing that by a Red Bull because of how good exactly. the Red Bull were. And so they changed their and plans on the fly and still won the constructors and came within one lap of the Drivers' Championship. Like, I agree with you. I agree that they cocked it up. Like, they had a lot of cock-ups this year, which cost them the championship. But I think that just comes with pressure because you're in such a high-pressure environment and, like, seconds are so vital. Like, we're talking about a sport where if your pit stop is 3.8 seconds versus 3 seconds, like, you're like, oh, look at those fuckheads over there. 0.8 seconds slower. What a a fucking moron. They were the most most effective dodgy car. As well, they did really good in terms of the the rear spoiler bullshit, and they did a really good job with the the pit stop bullshit. Yeah, but they did a really good job of cheating. Am I? Yeah. My my counter. Oh, that's a bit harsh. My counterpoint to you saying Mercedes made all these strategy mistakes. How could they not be? How could they be better than Red Bull? Red Bull forced Mercedes into a litany of mistakes. Still couldn't capitalize and win the constructors' championship. Mercedes gave them every fucking chance and they still couldn't get the job done. So you can't tell me it's Red Bull. That's fair. That's fair. I, I had Mercedes written down as my number two option after Ferrari and then it was Red Bull. And look, it was close. I had to think about who am I putting first out of Mercedes and Red Bull. But I was like, look, at the end of the day, Mercedes won the Constructors title. I'm gonna, You're going to struggle to convince me that... I was happy to put Ferrari ahead because I just... Ferrari's turnaround from last year to this year... But you're going to struggle to convince me Red Bull, who went from being the second best, obviously a better second best team on the grid this year, but went from being second best team on the grid to second best team on the grid, can be put ahead of Mercedes when, yet again, despite so many chances for it to all fall apart, Mercedes still came home and won the Constructors' Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So three different options there, though, which is very exciting. And this brings us to the big gong the most prestigious award in all of motorsport, and that includes the actual world championship title. Oh, it is 100%. rear of the grids, <laughs> driver of the year award. Which of you two boys wants to start us off? <laughs> most prestigious award in all of motorsport, you reckon? That's um. Oh yeah. Fuck me, that's a big one. That's a big. That's a big boy. What about all those driver of the day awards? That Kimmy won for some reason. Nah, not nah, at all. It's, 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 in, it's in, influenced by fans that don't know what they're talking about. Not like this award, though. No, no, no not at all. Um, not which at is all. why the not winner. We three absolute experts. <laughs> which is why the winner is Nicholas Latifi. No, uh, Max Verstappen <laughs> is obviously the best driver of the season, hands down. He beat Lewis Hamilton. I think saying obviously is a big... I agree, but obviously... I wouldn't say obviously. This was the hardest award for me to pick of them all. This was my easiest award to pick. You watched. I struggled Hume's going to say Mazepin here because he's going to say at the start of the season, I thought he was going to kill himself behind the wheel and he's still alive now, so therefore it's Mazepin. (laughs) He's got to pick sides. You know what? I wasn't, but that's a great idea. Watch him pick sides. It's Max. It's got. It has to be Max. He beat Lewis Hamilton on merit. It has to be Max. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did he beat him on merit? It wasn't because of his uh, bullshit points from Spa. No. Now we beat him on merit all of a yeah, sudden. But there was enough bullshit going the other way in Lewis Hamilton's favor. You've changed your tune, bu- mate. The bullshit is equalized, mate. The bullshit is equalized. Fair enough. So, well, do you, is that all you have to say, or do you want to take That's us? That's all I need to say, mate. Max Verstappen is a fucking beast. 
Spencer? Coolest helmet, too. You, are, you seem to scoff at the obviously. Have you gone to the other side of the coin for driver of the year? Yeah, look, um... I hate myself for saying this. I really do. It was Lewis. Wow. Lewis was the driver of the year. You're like, fucked in the feed. Second if, half of the season, Lewis. If if we if it was the other way around and obviously like Max came back the way Lewis did and won the championship, or even if he lost in the last race, we'd still be talking about what a monumentous like pretty much Lewis Hamilton the last four races of the season, it was win, win or the championship is dead. And he went first, 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 second to finish the year. Yeah, got like, a pretty handy boost from that engine. But yes, that's fair enough. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which, you know, plays into the fact as well of, like, you know, being in the team of the year. He he had no right... Verstappen had a pretty handy boost from being in a Red Bull. He had absolutely no right to be even close to this at the end of the year. And, yeah, like, it's just, like, in terms of, like, every single attribute that you want your driver to have, like, like calmness, under pressure, tire tire wearability, like... One lap pace versus consistent race pace. The ability to extend tires, like fucking tires are gone, Bono. Like as a complete package, terms like driver of the year, like a complete package of a driver. Number one for me was Lewis. Number two was Carlos Sainz, and then number three was Max Verstappen. You've got the guy who took That's out right. Lewis Hamilton's fucking error as the third best driver of the season. Yeah. I think that's a bit of a struggle. Because, like, but I will say, the, the the simple fact is that like Max Verstappen, like he like he drove fantastic all year. But also, what makes Max Verstappen who he is meant that it had to go into the last race of the season to decide it. Like if he if he had been more calm and more composed throughout the season, he would have been able to fucking finish like finish the race like finish the season probably. One race I before, disagree. Right? We were we were praising Max for his calmness and composure throughout the entire season. He showed Oof. massive levels of maturity. Yeah, but he still did have an element. Of that. It's a it's a fair point because I you could make a, I'm I'm just leaping on to be a little bit devil's advocate here, but you could make a case in some of these some of these playoff battles and things like I'll use Great Britain for an example. If Max Verstappen races with that Oscar Piastri mentality, he finishes second in Great Britain only drops seven points to Hamilton and wins the world championship by 25 points. Yeah. Okay. okay. We're trying to blame Max Verstappen now, I, for that I incident, think that, are we? I think, are we trying to, are I, that what you're trying to say? I, no, no, I don't. That's what Matthew just said. Matthew just said, oh, Max Verstappen should no. just like... No, and if you and heard me at the start say, I'm playing this as devil's advocate, because if you let me now have a chance, I have Verstappen as my driver of the year as Thank well. Thank God. I don't think it is obviously, because as I said, it was a fucking bee's dick between them, because I think honestly... When we look back on his legacy and when all is said and done, if you ask me to name the best Lewis Hamilton drives I ever saw, I think there is going to be multiple fucking drives I'd have to draw upon from this year. I think, I think some Brazil. of Hamilton's best ever... It's more than just Brazil. I think some of his Brazil best ever time. performances yeah, have Yeah, helped by the sprint race being there, from, mind you. From this season. But the sprint race was one of his best ever drives. Oh, Yeah. And with how fucking on he was that weekend, you'd struggle to not convince me that at the very least, if he didn't have a fucking sprint race, he would have driven to second. Quite possibly. Possibly caught Max and still battled for Quite possibly. So I just think Hamilton did, yeah. 
I, it was it's Verstappen because it was so fucking close. Both of them were at an exceptional level of the season. And at the end of the day, Verstappen's the one who won. But there is a compelling case, and I don't think Spencer is incorrect. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I don't think there's a right. I think I think Verstappen's the right answer, but I don't think Hamilton's the wrong answer. I think Spencer is completely within reason, and it's a very very compelling case. Yeah. I will say that in, as well, and I have Hamilton second. In the moments that ultimately mattered, Max Verstappen like came up trumps in those. Like think back to Imola turn one, turn two overtake. Like those big dick moments that you need mm-hmm. to fucking you know take advantage of. But it's also like some of those big dick moments that you know limited him as well. Like you look at fucking Monza for example. Like he didn't need to do the overtake right there. Like yeah, it would have been harder, but. You didn't have to fucking aquaplane yourself into Lewis Hamilton to try to make that move in one of the hardest corners to make it. But yeah, like overall, like I think that Lewis did like over the course of the season and with the pressure that he had and where Mercedes were. And like, yeah, I just think that Lewis just was the best driver on the grid and he has been for a but very I long think time. This is recency even better bias. than Rothbard. This is recency bias. Because that that's that stint that Hamilton had at the end of at the end of the season, Max had the exact same stint just earlier, around that Zandvoort period. Yeah, but it, yeah, it, but this was the pressure of you it, need but... these wins. Like at the start of the season, there's like still that optimism, like optimism and that hope, and there's more races. This was like if you don't win this race, we're fucked. So you've got to put that car there's on pole. Much higher level of pressure when Hamilton did it. It's the down the stretch thing. Max is fucking. If you take a guy, if you take a guy strategy. averaging thirty-five points a game in the first two weeks of the NBA, or a guy averaging thirty-five points a game in the run home to clutch his team into the playoffs, not comparable. It's the, sure, it's the sure, down sure, the stretch. Sure. It's but you surely you've moment. all seen Hamilton those stats in the clutch. Surely you both have seen all these stats of like Max had led the most laps throughout the entire season. Oh yeah, and, and it's, and oh, it's not aware. like Hamilton is crazily in front and of Hamilton Max. And Hamilton still fucking went toe to toe with him. Like honestly. Hamilton has won six of the previous eight world championships, including this one. This one he didn't win. I'd probably say this was a better season from Hamilton than multiple of his actual world championships. He had to drive his fucking dick off every single week, and he hasn't had to do that since Rosberg, since the Rosberg, the two Rosberg battle seasons. And I don't even know if he had to drive his dick off to the same level in the Rosberg season. Okay, so he drove his absolute dick off all season and he still couldn't fucking win. Yeah, because because yeah, Max drove Verstapp- his fucking dick off too. And Max won. So surely that makes As you him said, the it's driver of the season. Not necessarily. Well, it's a thing. It's you you, you toss it you toss a coin because I think I think Verstappen we're, had we're the better machinery well, like, for up a longer until, point in time. Up until 5 laps before the fu- before Latifi binned it, Hamilton was the world champion. Yeah. And yep. ha- that's the thing. Hamilton, to be perfectly honest, he was as much as Verstappen won that ahead, race, that Max couldn't get if you, close if to If you want to talk, if you, you, like, you said, oh, Brazil was his only really great drive. If, at Abu Dhabi, from lap one to unfortunate safety car, Abu Dhabi was one of Hamilton's best ever drives as well. He just, it was never a fucking competition. He had Max absolutely Fair. beat before the sporting gods were like, Sorry, Lewis, you've been fucking great, mate, but you're not the one who's meant to win. Equally, I think that stretch to the end of the season was also because of Mercedes' engine change. Possibly, but uh, I'd still, you've still got to... The, you well, still, that's the, going the start, back to the, the old, ah, oh, Hamilton's not great because of his machinery. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 start, of the, beyond enough, copying the start of the season was Red Bull getting the fucking regs right. 
Fair enough. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. And I'm, I'm I want you to say that, Max. Max, Max is second, though. I cannot have you put him behind science. Okay. Oh, I think Spencer I'll, agree. Put, I'll agree. Spencer putting Max ahead of Spencer putting Max behind Signs is ludicrous. But again, it's that thing though where like it's like with Max, like it like all year he was just like he was just in control. So like not like and you look at his stats and like outside of the Hungary, he was either first or second. But it just seemed like that's just how it was going to be. Whereas like with Lewis, like there was exactly times which where makes it it's hard. It's hard to like. And I'm talking, this is like bees dicks. Like, we're talking bees dicks are oh, yeah. different because it was such Absolutely. an awesome fucking season. It was a, a fantastic fucking go of it. But. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If I was to grade them, I've probably given Max like a 9.8 for the year and Hamilton a 9.7. And if you wanted to flip that the other way, but it's infinitesimal. Now. If we, so, we'll just one last point. Max and Hamilton. If we go the last five races yeah, of the season, it. we go the last five races of the season, and you put me, like, you put, like, any driver in the position that Lewis Hamilton is in against Max Verstappen to try to win the championship. Lewis Hamilton is the only driver, no one, regardless of era, that I would pick to say, like, I have confidence that he's going to be able to pull it out. That's fair. Yep. Because, again, before Max... Like, and, again, we can't rewrite history, but before Latifi binned it, Lewis Hamilton was going to win his fucking eighth world title. Yep, that's but fair. But that's, that's not fair. how the cookie crumbles, and because as much as... before Timo Glock fucking spinned it, Massa was going to be a champion. That's just how fucking... That's how this sport yep. works. You win some, it all comes around. And just one last, I'll I'll ask one last, add one last thing as well. You make the point of Hamilton only was did what he did in those races because of the engine change. But where was Bottas finishing a competitive start every single one of those races because the car was so fucking good? Wasn't there? Because Hamilton was just still doing insane things. And and I think we said it. I think we said it earlier in the season. If Verstappen was in any other era, we'd be looking at Max Verstappen with already having two or three world titles. It just is. His oh, shitty yeah. thing is that, like, much like all of the top NBA players in the late 80s and the late 90s, like, you got to go through Michael Jordan. you got to go through Lewis Hamilton. So, it's like, you could be, like, and that's it. Like, Max could have literally finished the season with one win outside of the top two on the podium and three DNS and not been world champion. That's how yeah. fucking good Lewis Hamilton was in this year. And much like much like players of the '90s and the 2000s, having just gone through Lewis Hamilton's Chicago Bulls, <laughs> you'll now have to go through Oscar Piastri and uh, George Russell's San Antonio Spurs and Los Angeles Lakers. So he still won't win more than many yeah, titles. Where's the Los Angeles Lakers in this fucking scenario? Him. George Russell apparently. Uh, Russell gets uh, Piastri gets to be the Lakers. Russell's the Spurs. Russell's okay. Russell's not cool That's enough fair. to be the Spurs, mate. Not anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, but he's not dominant enough to be the Lakers. Fair enough. I still like George. Um, now, my last no, closing no, I thing. Want, Spencer I want mentioned to hear him. Spencer say that Max gets second over Carlos Sainz. Please. Oh, I want to hear that too. Max gets second over Carlos. Thank you. I can see. Okay. I cool. yield. Thanks. And now, moving on to the third person <laughs> on the ranking, because we've talked for hours that he's been mentioned a lot throughout this podcast. The one other name I thought I could legitimately write down after I wrote Decided Between Verstappen and Hamilton. Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Um, certainly not in the not legitimately in discussion for was he the best driver of the season, but certainly in discussion he would be in that thing of where you know whenever these awards are given out, there's normally three or four persons nominated. Even if you already know, as a, my example, use my example from the F2 podcast, you already know Aaron Rodgers is one MVP, but they have to read out two other names to pretend there's suspense. Yeah. Carlos Sainz was the only person I think who could ever have also been on that ballot. And absolutely deserves it. He finished... What did he finish? Mm. He finished fifth in the championship, which was a market improvement for anyone in a Ferrari. He was less than 30 points behind Sergio Perez, 
which is pretty running two impressive. Races, he beat his much... Two races all year out of the points, and they were both 11th. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Much, yeah. Uh, and he did that with a lot of... He didn't always get things right in qualifying, but he just kept it calm, always recovered and drove up in there. He finished five and a half points ahead of his much, much more celebrated teammate, Charles Leclerc. He beat him out three podi- uh, four podiums to one. He had as many podiums as Lando Norris, who had like three podiums in the first four races. He only had one less podium than Sergio Perez. Yeah. He had as many podiums as Vettel, Alonso, Ricardo, and Gasly combined. Finished every up, race. Very creative with Mastow telling me that. Yeah, he was just... And for me, for me as someone who has been on that the Carlos Sainz hype train since... Yeah, definitely. He'll need to work on that. But if he can get that bit better... And that's coming to adjustment with the car, I think. He gets that. His racecraft is second to almost none. Um, as someone who has been on the Carlos Sainz hype train since he was teammates with Max Verstappen and got overlooked for that Red Bull spot mid-season in favour of Verstappen, which obviously I've always said, I understand why they did it. And boy, has it paid off now. But I honestly, I stand by the fact if they'd put Carlos Sainz in that car, I see no reason why Carlos Sainz couldn't have taken it to Lewis Hamilton and possibly beaten him this season. That's genuinely how good I think Carlos Sainz is. So, for me, it was validation and confirmation. I wasn't surprised that he beat out Leclerc. This, for me, was the culmination of a five- or six-year adventure as a big Carlos Sainz fan, where I was like, see? I fucking told you guys. This guy's fucking amazing. And for, I think, for a lot of the other Formula One fan base, and obviously, not seeing that, you in particular, Jashan, who's newer to the sport and hadn't had the chance to compare and contrast Sainz with any of his teammates prior to Lando Norris... It's a, I think it's been a real eye-opening of, oh, fuck, Sainz, Sainz is really good. So I think this season he's either confirmed what people already suspected about him if they were believers, or he is firmly stamped to the non-believers, or just the, un, the, unknow, the yet unknowns that, yeah, guys, I am I'm top five driver on this grid. I am, and who knows, he could tail off next season, but as we stand at the end of this season... I believe Carlos Sainz is the best of the rest outside of that discussion of the obvious. Well, to be honest, I think he's the third best driver on the grid because I'm happy to say he's better than Charles Leclerc. So he's the best outside of Max and Hamilton, which is why he's my third nominee. He's certainly yeah. the most consistent. Carlos Sainz is the third best driver in Formula he's One. the most consistent. It's going to be interesting him and Lando going up against it this year. I don't think he's the most talented. Oh, I think the most talented out of the rest has to be Lando. Or Charles. But then again, as well, you've got yeah. George in the Mercedes now. Oscar yeah, Piastri. Has to be in the conversation too. Yeah, sorry, Pierre's dick has... is growing by the fucking day. Pierre, Pierre's in the conversation. George is in the conversation. Lando's in the conversation. Carlos is in the conversation. Um, Charles is in the conversation, sorry. Yeah, but he has so, sir, generally yeah, entered into I'm the conversation. So, props to Carlos Sainz, absolutely. The the only other names I wrote down were Pierre Gasly and first half of the season, Lando Norris. That's totally fair. I think Gasly, I'd probably put Gasly at... I'd probably put Gasly at number five, just behind Perez, just for the fact that I think think Perez deserves that nomination because if you look at a few... Looking, watching that top ten battles video and realising that Perez dueled with and... Played a, played a teammate role with impacting Hamilton. Not once, not twice, true. but thrice, including what I think we all agree was probably the greatest 
defensive driving for your teammate job we've ever seen. He was also shit for it a very long time. It didn't always look like it. And like, between, oh, between that. that period but and Azerbaijan, he was fucking garbage. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. But down the stretch, Perez above and beyond. And as I said, even if it hadn't have trans... I said it in the Abu Dhabi review. Even if it hadn't translated to a win for Verstappen in the end, in that lap and a half at Abu Dhabi, where he took 13 seconds out of Hamilton's lead, keeping him behind him, he earned his paycheck for 2022. He earned his paycheck for 2023. He's not paid he for completely validated. This is his last what? season under contract. Sorry. He's, I, I, I mean, still he earned his paycheck for 2021. He earned his paycheck for 2022. Oh, no, I don't think he will. I meant to say his paycheck for yeah, 2021, yeah, yeah, yeah. his paycheck for 2022. Yeah. And he completely confirmed that that was the right decision to go with him over Alex Alwad. Yep. So I'd narrowly, I would have narrowly given fourth. But then I think Gasly, pound for pound, easily next best. Then probably Lando. But Lando is very clouded by just the second half of the season. Was so disappointing. And the fact that Lando Norris should have one career F1 race win. But he doesn't. Yep. And that's a, that's a real bummer. But that is everything. The big takeaway, I think, by process of elimination. Max Verstappen wins our driver of the year. Uh, well, it's a bit of a hung jury for Team of the Year, but who well, who was your runner-up for Team of the Year, Jushan? Ferrari. Ferrari. Who was your third place for Team of the Year, Spencer? A third place. Who would at a, at a stretch? Who would you give third place for Team of the Year? Who the fuck was my second? Well, I assume it was Red Bull, but maybe it wasn't. Who was your second in that case? Um. I think you said it was Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari second. Um, well, there you go. Ferrari's our team of the year in that case. Yeah, man. Verstappen's our driver. Ferrari's our team. Yuki Tsunoda is our rookie. <laughs> right. Um, not, not Fernando Alonso, are you sure? Not Fernando Alonso. No, well, I, I mean, Fernando Alonso only got one vote. Tsunoda got two. Oh, my God. Um, in terms of our other unanimous awards. Uh, Aston Martin, worst team. Ricardo, Verstappen, worst driver. Let's not get into the overtakes right here. Uh, Alonso v. Hamilton, best battle. Britain, worst moment. Verstappen v. Hamilton, Two hour podcast, Matt. You don't have to recoup it. Hamilton, the biggest fucking It's not been two hours. No, Toto's Recording's at an hour and 50 minutes. I just wanted to run through that. So yeah, those are our biggest takeaways. Um... Before we wrap this up, any any closing remarks, Spencer? Um, nah, not really. I'm just fucking keen for these fucking car reviews to start on the 10th of Feb. Ooh, fuck yes. I could not agree more. Jashan, anything you want to say? What in the flying, googly, moogly fuck? Schumacher is winning a championship and Yuki will be better than Ricardo in 2022. Fair enough. Um, bold predictions already coming out here. Jashan, where can they find us? Uh, well, fuck me dead. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Wait, yeah, no, that's all right. Um, Podbean, Overcast, all the good shit. Uh, Facebook, Instagram. Where do we... Where do we stand on, um, joining Neil Young in solidarity and boycotting, uh, Spotify till they take down the Joe Rogan podcast? Absolutely that's, not. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever Yeah, but Spencer, heard. you're probably a COVID denier, yeah, so that doesn't surprise you. Yeah, good for you, being, me. being, uh, anti-free speech. We love that. 
I, I never. I asked where we stood. I never said we should do it. Yeah, but you brought I'm it up. I'm not any free speech. I'm, a, I'm anti-spreading of misinformation. People should be free to decide what they want to listen to or not. And Joe Rogan isn't that bad. I think you. He's just he's just a scapegoat I that think... a lot of media outlets choose to hop on because you know he's famous and he's anti-vax. Yeah, there's 250 doctors, oh, yeah. weren't even real fucking doctors. Look it up. They're ridiculous. No one ever, no one ever fucking doctors. looks into 311. All right, that's all I'm saying. Look, if people are, if people just take someone else's information on face value and don't do their own research, then fuck them. Like, he's a comedian yeah, who that's, just that's smokes weed all day that's what they and do. eats elk meat. For the love he, of God, don't listen he, to him. Smokes weed literally all day. Oh well, if he smoke, if he if he eats elk meat, then he really should be. It's like that's just it's like cyberbullying. What did the elk ever do to him? Just close your eyes. Turn off the computer oh, screen. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up before we dead in, uh, wade into a genuinely dangerous territory. <laughs> you started uh, it. For... You did. You started it. I did start it. I started it as a joke, and now I'm gonna wrap it up because I realize I've made a mistake. Start a fucking. Uh, for. Well, for the first time in 2022, but for I reckon the second, the second last time in season two 2021, I have been Matt. I have been joined by Jashan. Good bitches. And Spencer. Yeah, look, I, I was I was trying really hard to come up with a new a new catchphrase or signature spiel for 2022. <laughs> But Forza Ferrari just feels so good. Uh, yes, Forza Ferrari. Yes, yes, yes. Well, they did win Team of the yes. Year. You've got reason to celebrate. Forza Ferrari. And combined, we have, as always, been rear of the grid. Good quality stuff, boys. So there's this matchstick climbing the hill. And it's all sweaty because it's exhausted. Nearly at the top of the hill, there's a hedgehog walking by. And the matchstick goes, oh, if only I had known there's a bus, I would have taken the bus. There you go. 